Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We will start out the show tonight with a little bit of good news for you. In fact, this is kind of big news, uh, at least from my perspective as a a fan of uh, the the marijuana plant. I I like it personally. (laughs) Dailyfinance.com has this to say. Cancel your flight to Amsterdam. The U.S. just got its first marijuana cafe last Friday. Did you all hear about this? I, I, I can't say that I stay up on this kind of stuff, man. I'm Located sorry. in Portland, Oregon, the Cannabis Cafe shows how attitudes have changed, uh, allegedly since the Obama administration moved into the White House. A month ago, Barack Obama told federal attorneys to ease off medical marijuana prosecutions. Now, I don't know if they've actually done that because they'd said they were going to do it months and months ago, and then they kept raiding people out in California, so... I hope that these folks in Portland manage to stay unrated, but just because the federal government says they're going to do something doesn't mean they actually will. True, but it also, um, you know, it would be par for the course. What the government does is arbitrary, and, you know, it it does whatever it feels like at any time, and essentially you never know what's legal, what's not um, not legal. I mean, it, it makes perfectly good sense that they might tell tell you for the next three and a half years, yeah, you can have a little yourself a little marijuana cafe, but, yeah, don't get too used to it. Right, and I, I would hope that the people that are opening this cafe don't expect to, oh, I don't know, continue operating beyond a month, because they might not like it very much. Uh, but the widening use of medical marijuana has forced governments into a tenuous legal balancing act. According to a Reuters report, some states passed legislation to allow it, starting with California in 1996. Nonetheless, federal ban remains in place. The operation of businesses like the Cannabis Cafe, as well as various marijuana uh, dispensary establishments in California has been possible as long as federal government people haven't chosen or have chosen not to pursue them. Unlike the shops in California, though, the Portland establishment is the first in the United States where certified medical marijuana users can both acquire and consume their marijuana as long as they stay out of public view. Madeline Martinez, executive director of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws in Oregon, says that the Cannabis Club represents personal freedom, finally, for our members. She says that normal supports legislation to support or to legalize marijuana. Our plans go beyond serving food and marijuana, according to Martinez. She says we hope to have classes, seminars, even a cannabis community college based here to help people learn about growing and other uses for cannabis. Now, the Cannabis Cafe's new home is a two-story building with an interesting past. Once upon a time, it was occupied by a speakeasy, and later, an adult entertainment club called Rump Spankers. The Cannabis Cafe's a private <laughs> club. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. where are we going? I did hear the I did hear the uh, this this article before. The one word that stuck in my mind was Rump, Rump Spankers. Spankers. Yeah. Hey, maybe we could broadcast from there one night. Maybe the Cannabis Cafe uh, <laughs> is a private club, but any Oregon resident who's a member of Normal and has an official medical marijuana card can gain entry. Members pay twenty five dollars a month for use of the cafe, which has a capacity of one hundred. The product offered, now this is an interesting point, and maybe it has to do with the legality of the entire thing, but the product offered isn't sold. Rather, it's provided free, over-the-counter, from the bud tenders employed by the establishment. Food, of course, is available for purchase, but the club doesn't have a liquor license. And why bother? 
The potential market for the Cannabis Cafe is small but likely committed. Approximately 21,000 patients are registered to use medical marijuana in Oregon, with doctors prescribing the drug for a wide range of illness, among them Alzheimer's, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, and Tourette's syndrome. I wouldn't count on the Alzheimer's patients showing up. Eric Solomon, the proprietor, uh, says he still just runs a coffee shop and events venue, as he did before. He converted it to the current format, but he says now it will be cannabis-themed. Film festivals and dances are expected for the second-floor ballroom, not to mention marijuana-themed weddings. Neighboring businesses have mixed feelings about the new cafe, but they're hopeful it will benefit them, too. David Bell, who works at a nearby boutique, is withholding judgment. He notes, there's no precedent for it. We don't know what to expect. But it would be great if it brought some customers into our store. Just kind of a neat little story about something that is heretofore never happened in the United States. A, a cannabis cafe opening up where they're actually, uh, there's a, a $25 per month membership fee. Now, I wonder if that gets you a certain amount of cannabis every single month because $25 isn't a lot. I mean, I don't know how much the average medical patient is consuming, but $25 a month, and at least in the black market, doesn't get you very much. And I can tell you that out in California, when I was out there, black market prices hadn't really gone away significantly. It's just that all of the pot is good. So instead of being able to you know, get the cheap weed, I'm sure it exists, just the people that I knew out there didn't know how to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the semi-legal-ish market out in California hasn't really resulted in a dramatic drop in prices. Though, to be fair, it is still cheaper to get good weed in California than it is anywhere else in the country. You can get a, a wide range of very good weed in California, and I think that I think it goes down as low as like 200 an ounce, and as high still as four or five hundred dollars an ounce, which tends to be kind of the you know 400 an ounce tends to be the the street price. For well, the cheap weed would probably be some a larger operation where you're doing fields of marijuana as opposed to greenhouses of marijuana. Um, I would I would put I would put the good weed in in greenhouses of marijuana, and I would put the bad weed in fields of it. You know what I mean? I suppose. I mean, it's more likely that uh, you you don't have as much control over the, the the crops when you're outdoors because you can be cross pollinated and, and things like that. So, well, if you're, I mean, just putting a roof over something makes it significantly more valuable. I mean, yeah. So the toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Therefore, it would have to be valuable. Of course, as we hear more about this uh, this new marijuana cafe, or as it is being called, the Cannabis Cafe in Portland, Oregon, we'll certainly let you know. Um, I'm wishing them the uh, the best of luck, and hope hopefully uh, it'll start something, you know, start a trend. Maybe more of these things will open up if these guys go unmolested. And, of course, the more open, the more likely it is that more of them will stay open, I guess, for a, for a long period of time. In many countries in South America, <clears throat> a lot of the bars and restaurants have coca leaves that people, in little bowls that people chew on. Really? It's not refined cocaine, so, it so it's legal? It's legal, yes. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want. I figured we'd start some, uh, with some good news because, well, inevitably we've got some that's not so good. And here's, here's some for you, and you're welcome to dial in with whatever's on your mind. But you'd think they'd leave the Eagle Scouts alone. I mean, the government people, they pick on everybody. They, the only way you won't get picked on by the government in most cases is if you actually work for the government. But even, even in some cases, there's, there's exceptions to that, where different government agencies will fight it out with one another. There was that story about uh, Joe Arpaio, the, the crazy sheriff, uh, status sheriff down in uh, Phoenix, where he raided 
the government offices of his own government agent, uh, not the actual sheriff's office. He raided the city bureaucrats. Yeah. So sometimes not even being a government agent can protect you from them, and certainly not being an eagle, or certainly being an eagle scout uh, will not protect you. At least not if you are mccall.com, m c a l l dot com. This story from I don't know where the hell this is. We'll figure that out. <laughs> but the story is from uh, in pursuit of an eagle scout badge, Kevin Anderson has toiled for more than 200 hours over several weeks to clear a walking path in an East Allentown park. Little did the do-gooder know that his altruistic act would put him in the crosshairs of the city's largest municipal union. Nick Balzano, president of the local (laughs) service employees international union, told Allentown City Council Tuesday that the union is considering filing a grievance against the city for allowing the Eagle Scout to clear a 1,000-foot walking and biking path at a local park. Hey, kid, you can't do that. That's right. Hey, we'll be looking into the Cub Scout or Boy Scout who did the trails, Balzano told the council. You're taking food off my kid's table. That's what they're saying. (laughs) Balzano said Saturday he isn't targeting the Boy Scouts, but given the city's decision uh, in July to lay off 39 SEIU members, Balzano said... There's to be no volunteers. <laughs> I love that. You can't have any volunteers. I mean, uh, obviously, the, the city can't pay enough municipal workers, but we can't have volunteers doing the stuff that the municipal workers hey, kid. are probably getting $40, $50, $60, $70 an hour to do. Hey, kid, how would you like a case of fistophobia? <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. According to them, according to the union, no one except union members may pick up a hoe or shovel plant a flower, or clear a walking path. Oh, only the guy, the big guys can hit, pick up the hose. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here at 800-259-9231. It's not likely the Eagle Scout himself will see any sort of heat from this, but boy, what an awful situation. It's funny. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, we'll tell you about a 10-year-old that is refusing to recite the Pledge of Allegiance, and uh, we'll also talk to you about whatever's on your mind. In fact, first want to tell you briefly about LibertarianInternships.com. Now, perhaps you would like to intern, and this is only, by the way, Mark, for college-age people, yeah. is that right? Uh, intern in film and alternative media? Well, the IHS Production Internship Program offers paid internships at production companies making films, documentaries, online video programs, and more. The program includes a week-long interdisciplinary IHS seminar, a stipend, and a housing allowance. Applicants at all levels of experience are encouraged to apply. Placements are available during the summer and fall, and you can apply now uh, for a summer placement by February 15th. So you get a little while, but probably want to do it sooner rather than later at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. 
com as we go to your phone call. Scott is in Wisconsin, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, Ian, Mark, and uh, Wayne. Wayne. How you doing tonight? Scott, I just want to thank you for pronouncing my name correctly tonight. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, I want to talk angels. Okay. Angels, excellent. Yeah, I want to know if you guys uh, believe in angels. What would you? How would you define an angel? Okay. Well, there's two archangels. Have you ever heard of an archangel? I've heard of it. What's that mean? Okay. Well, there's two archangels. One is called Lucifer, and the other one is called Michael. Okay. What about uh, Gabriel? Which one do you think is the good guy, and which one do you think is the bad guy? I was just—I've I, I, heard the story, so I, I get—I get an idea of how it might end. But um, who's? How about Gabriel? Is he, he he an archangel or just a regular old angel? Well, he is. He's not mentioned. Uh, it's a great question. He's not mentioned an archangel, but he is a mighty angel, and he's the one that brought um, the message of Z- to Zacharias announcing the birth of John. Um, he also was the forerunner of the announcement of the Messiah. And he also, Gabriel, was the one who brought the uh, uh, 70 weeks of Daniel. Okay, so you've given me some names and you've told me some, you know, alleged history. But what is an angel? I mean, can you describe it, what okay. it is? All right, well, these are in, the, of course, the Scripture, the Bible. And what, uh, first of all, um, you know, you got God up on the top. He's created the universe. And uh, the, the second one that he put in command was the archangel, archangel Lucifer. And, of course, Lucifer is this serpent that uh, was in the Garden of Genesis in the beginning of the Bible that deceived Adam and Eve. Now, doesn't Lucifer also mean uh, light bringer? That's great knowledge. That's right. He is, uh, of course, he is Satan, by the way. He's the devil. And he is... Uh, uh, he's a he's fallen the angel. Prince of the demons, yeah. the prince of the power of the air, and he's the prince of the world. Now, is he Satan or is he Lucifer? Well, that's all together. They're the same. He's got many names. What, Lucifer was in the is in the Old Testament. It's only mentioned one time in the Bible. Beelzebub, Mephistopheles, Old Scratch. In Isaiah, what are some other ones? Mentioned one time, but he was the second one to uh, to be put in power in the heaven. And, of course, uh-huh. he wanted to be God, and what? God said, nope, you can't be. And then, of course, he and his one-third of his angels were kicked out of heaven. Now, and if there's they, a third of them were kicked out, how many are left? Well, there's thousands and thousands of angels in the Bible. Okay. But uh, he, uh, the, uh, how many are named? That is the Gratia. These were the mighty angels now fallen and corrupted to be, to be servant to Satan. Uh, because now why would why would God go God. and do that? Why why would God go and I mean in your your God why would your God go and make something so evil and something so awful? Yep. Is he a bad judge of character? Well, see, you know why you know what got Lucifer? It was pride. It was pride. He's a fallen and angel, that's right? What, that's what in his self self uh, centered wilderness of himself, and he tried to overpower God, but. God said, nope, you can't do it. But it's interesting, as we read in Revelations, that Michael is the other archangel, and he's the good angel. 
Uh, I still have more do... questions about Lucifer, actually. So if okay. you don't mind, just uh, just humor me. Right. Here I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Did God know what Lucifer was going to do to Adam and Eve, these these newly created naive creatures? Of course. Yes, he did. He knew. Yep. So he, is that part of his perfect plan? Is that part of his perfect plan? That was part of the. That was part of his plan. That's correct. He so, put the good tree in the the bad tree in the Garden of Eden. See, now I try to keep my child away from danger that will cause them to surely die, <laughs> because I love Jack and I don't want him playing out in the traffic and I don't want him eating things that are bad for him that'll mm-hmm. kill him. I don't want him. Uh, you know, I, I don't take him to strip clubs and and I don't. Uh, yes, you know. Yes. Right. I don't. But today, I, yeah. I I'm not saying the strip club's going to kill him. I'm just saying that there's a different time and a place for certain activities. I'm wondering if a naive creature in God's perfect plan should be exposed to uh, the second most powerful creature in the universe that God already knows to be the most evil creature he created. Well, see, the bottom line is, is this, you can't underestimate the devil. This guy is, is knows he has a short time from what the Bible says, but he's very powerful. What and is he the point? What, by, he attacks by deceiving, delusion, and temptation. What is the okay? Here's what I want to know: Why is it, from your perspective in your religion, why is this Lucifer allowed to continue? I mean, if if God is a if your God is an all loving God, as they claim in some parts of the Bible, uh, in some parts he's a vengeful God. But anyway, if he is uh, really an all loving God, which seems like a much nicer story uh, to me, then if he found out that one of his creations, this Lucifer guy. Was uh, was a naughty angel? Why not just go ahead and just you know wipe him out? What's the whole point of banishing him and allowing him to you know keep coming back and tempting people and doing all of his allegedly evil things? Well, see, the thing is this because he's given everybody a choice in their life. Who who's he? The good or to follow the evil? I see. And. It's really interesting because I studied this. So it's his big cosmic couple. game is what it is, right? It's a big cosmic game on uh, on God's part, and he's just yucking it up up there, right? I mean, does he feel does he feel bad when people choose uh, choose the wrong option? Yeah, how about when the pawns go to hell? Does that bother him? Oh, of course. When we sin, it you better believe it, it disturbs the, the God and His Son, Jesus Christ. But it's a part you of His perfect it. plan, though, right? I mean, it's part of His perfect plan that I, that I knew live, you would. That I live in eternal torment. He knew it. He knew it was going to happen. Okay, let me just let me just say this. See, Jesus Christ doesn't cause us to sin. It's Satan that does. Does that make sense? It doesn't really to me. No, if there's one being that can create, then um, then that being and that being sort of knew the all of you know understood all of time. Uh, being how he, that being created time too, then it seems to me that that being in his perfect plan is responsible for all sin. It would created I, sin, right? I mean, it would have to. Have. He created the creature that created sin and knew it was going to do it. Well, when I'm tempted to go to a strip club with Mark and Jack, I always <laughs> I always ask my angel to protect me. Yeah, I'm wondering about angels and hanging around and stuff, Scott. Well, we haven't answered his question yet, and so, Scott, I want to bring you back here in a moment at 800-259-9231. His question was, do we, the hosts of Free Talk Live, believe in angels? 800-259-9231, do you? It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. 
See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to show they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And ladies, you can become a part of the Shrine. Get all the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. And uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch at freedomsphoenix.com. I wanted to mention that Freedoms Phoenix is having a premiere theatrical screening of the, the movie For Liberty on December the 3rd. It's, uh, it's actually in uh, Phoenix somewhere, but if you happen to be in the, the general vicinity, uh, go check it out at freedomsphoenix.com. It's the Liberty Summit is, uh, is excuse me, Freedom Summit is, is doing that. All right, we're on the line here with Scott, and we're bringing him back around for some more of this discussion. He's called in to ask the question, do we, the hosts of Free Talk Live, believe in angels? And I, of course, my first question was, well, what is an angel? I mean, how would you describe it? I can't answer if I believe in something or not, uh, if I'm not sure as to what it is. And, Scott, you had begun uh, kind of telling us about the archangels, one of which you believe is called Lucifer, the other Michael. Of course, most people have probably heard of uh, Lucifer, uh, Satan, Mephistopheles, Beelzebub, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, we, we just kind of were talking about the idea of this all-knowing God that you, you, you claim that uh, your God knew that when he created uh, Lucifer, that Lucifer was going to fall from grace and essentially offer evil to the world as a, as a choice. Uh, am, I, am I recounting this, uh, our conversation, correctly so far? That's correct. That's right. That's right, brother. Yep. Okay. Now, now, Scott, I've got some questions. It says in Genesis, in the Noah story, that the, the angels were cavorting around with uh, humans, and they begat uh, uh, giants, this, this race of giants that uh, it was one of the reasons that God had to flood the earth and uh, destroy mankind the first time. And I'm wondering, is that the angels, the good angels or the bad angels that were humping the humans and making giants? Okay, well, <laughs> to take you back... This is way before that. Yes, See, yes. When God I... created the heaven and earth, that's where it was first, and then he put the uh, archangel Lucifer, gave him a choice now. But he tried to take over God, and then that, that's why he was kicked out with one-third of his angels. But see, to go on to what Wayne was saying earlier, does my angel follow me into a strip club? Well, Wayne, I got a good message for you. Uh, that would probably be one of Satan's uh, demon angels following you into a strip club. Why? No, no, I was saying that when I get tempted to go to a strip club well, with Mark okay, and well, Jack, that I would ask my guardian angel to protect but, me. Here, and... I'll give you a little more. <laughs> uh... Wait a minute. Wait, why, why, why is Satan, uh, why is Satan uh, associated with strip clubs? I don't understand. I mean, they, yes, they can be a little seedy. Does, but... my garden, does my guardian angel go with me to the shower, Scott? Well, now we're getting into guardian well, me, angels now, which the nuns in Catholic just, school well, used to tell me. Let me describe what angels, an angel is, because I didn't do a very good job of that. But angels can't die. They can't die. Okay. Um, Not even by God's hand? That's correct. They are, so they you're are, telling me they, that this all-powerful God... Then God's not all-powerful right. if he can't destroy an angel. He wouldn't want to. Why? Okay, so... Because they're uh, good. 
Well, not according to Scott. Angels, um, they were sent uh, forth to minister for them who shall be hearers of salvation. I don't know what that means. Uh, but the interesting thing is, my next question, do you think <laughs> angels have wings? Well, we haven't even asked, ascertained whether or not uh, we agree uh, if there are such things as angels. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go out on a limb and say no. I'm gonna yeah. say, <laughs> I mean, if if an angel is what I ha- what it's been portrayed to me as, um, then I'm going to say no. Um, I will say that if, if an angel is a spirit of God... Uh, you know, among us, then fine. You know, and and I felt really lucky at times. Like whew, that thing could have killed me. I'm willing to give that to an angel. I'm okay. Thanks, God. You know, angel, whatever it is that that you want to call that. It could just be random happenstance and luck. I do. I, I you know, people people live and people die every day. Some of them have to live. Some of them have to die. But I'm you know, I, I like to attribute certain things to. Uh, supernatural beings and i generally call that supernatural being god you do believe in bigfoot i i, I absolutely believe in big i, I believe that there's a, an excellent chance uh, that, there, that, that there's a north american primate but i would ask you do you believe in in aliens i think no. there's a, an excellent uh, chance that you're asking me that go ahead Scott. i'm asking no, by no, i don't believe in aliens no he doesn't believe you in aliens. don't are you, you don't kidding believe in the me? reptilians no i don't believe no. in aliens what, you know so what? wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Scott. Are you telling me now, Mark? You were talking about this during the right. break, Scott. I'm going to tell that? you, Hubble Deep Space just took a picture, and that picture was of it was very zoomed in, so it was of of the smallest minute of a degree, just a picture in space, and what it showed was thousands of galaxies in that picture. It was what they do. They had to find a portion of the the the, the horizon that that this uh, the, this telescope was looking at that in fact. Um, Hubble's ha- out in the uh, right. It was in the in, in, it's in, in orbit, way out there. Yeah. I think it's even farther than that. But um, you know, it had to be very dark for them to see this far. But thousands of galaxies, like our average-sized galaxy, on which we are just on the we're out in the suburbs of the Milky Way galaxy. Um, next, you know, circling a sun that's of a below-average size among eight other planets. It seems to me an infinitesimally unlikely circumstance that we are the only uh, life in the universe. But you think that God just uh, created all that stuff and then didn't bother to put anything elsewhere? Well, that's a great, 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 great uh, question you brought up, because the, we, the universe is humongous. And here he did, he put our little planet, that God did, because he's God the big boy. He's He created the universe. You're right, the, the, the Milky Way. The, we have been, we could go on for another eternity, and we wouldn't cover the how big the universe is. But what I was going to get on to is, is, it was an well, interesting no, thing I heard a while back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you, <laughs> I just want to make sure that you're clear. Okay. Despite your acknowledgement of how large and vast the universe is, you still believe that the only life out there is here on Earth? That's correct. I, I truly believe that Earth is because. Is this a fundamentalist we, belief? Yes, because humans are, um, according to the fundamentalist fr- property, um, we have the ability of choice, whereas angels don't have the ability of choice. So we're a very significant uh, creation of gods, according to Christianity, which, of course, was uh, you know, had its foundation 6,000 years ago when people didn't have any uh, any concept of the, the size of the universe or the, of the possibility of life on other planets or anything like mm-hmm. that. So um, it's absolutely, the, you know, when they place, they place the earth is the center of the universe anything could be the center of the universe because the universe doesn't have a center but um it's yeah it's a fundamentalist philosophy 
Don't you think that's a little, well, I don't know, unrealistic, Scott? I mean, what makes you think that, what, how could you be so obsessed with this place and this experience to believe that there's nothing else out there that, that has life? Well, you know, it, it, it kind of like uh, the other day my nephew was over out at Grandpa's house talking about Bigfoot. And I said, if you literally, Bigfoot was standing in front of me 14 feet tall with literally blood veins and feet over 30 feet, inches long, then I would believe it. But from the scripture's viewpoint... Um, so you're just going based on what an old book tells you. So what some old book says is what you believe is the truth. It doesn't. You, you're not actually using any of your own faculties to determine what no, is no, true or is, false. This is out of the Scripture. That's correct. That's right. right. Well, what's it say scripture. about Bigfoot in the Scripture? <laughs> no, it's talking about well, aliens. Well, it doesn't talk about Bigfoot, but it <laughs> does talk about, like Mark was saying earlier, about there was big giants in the, back in the, the Old Testament of the Bible. What would it mean to you if... Do platypus exist? Platypi? Hmm? Army, what was that? Platypi. They're uh, they're furry little creatures with duck bills and web feet, and they live in uh, Australia. Do they? Oh, they say they live in Australia. I've never seen one. Um, do they exist? Well, they probably do. God created all. I'm just saying. Uh, God didn't mention it in the Bible, and I'm just wondering if they exist. If you know, well, Bigfoot could exist. God simple. God created all. Except, uh, well, it's apparently he created the entire universe, but only put life on one planet. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take me to your leader, Earthling. You can bring up anything. <laughs> uh, I finally did watch the V Show, by the way. This is Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, even a webcam, plus the brand-new Free Talk Live listen lines, all available free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Oh, sorry about that, Mark. Go here, ahead. here I am. Free Talk Live has teamed up with M&S Press to offer you the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. If you're interested in buying this very rare set, then you already know who Lysander Spooner is and how influential he was for the Liberty Movement. You can purchase his 2800 six-page, six-volume set bound in library-quality hardcover and delivered to your door for $335. This set contains a great deal of, uh, of the writings of Lysander Spooner that you simply cannot get anywhere else, Internet included. You can't find this stuff. This is exclusive content. And there are a very a very limited number left. Uh, that's why I had to stop reading this for a little while, and I'm reading it again because he, he fulfilled the orders he had to fulfill. And I, look, if you were thinking about it for Christmas for yourself or for a loved one, now's the time to do it. Believe me, there are not many left. These were printed 
decades ago, and this is the last of the print run. It's uh, spooner.freetalklive.com. That's spooner.freetalklive.com. Okay, the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. We just got off the phone with Scott in Wisconsin. The conversation went from angels to aliens. And <laughs> Well, you know why we, I think the reason why we equated that was we were talking off air earlier about the fact that during periods of history where maybe ancient people saw something and they said it's an angel or it's a god or whatever, maybe it was a being from another planet or another dimension. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I know that I believe in, in, a, in a, a higher power. I think there's a lot of things that we don't perceive, but I just don't uh, agree with organized religion's account of it. Well, it's kind of like what Mark was saying earlier, where these organized religions, uh, the one that Scott was talking about is biblically based. He, essentially, he's going off of, he's making his decisions as to what he believes based on Essentially, a, a 2,000 or 3,000 or 6,000, however the hell old the damn thing is, a year-old viewpoint. I mean, two, I guess it's 2,000 years, right, for the Bible? It yeah. says the world is 6,000 years old. Well, the dogma has changed over the years a bit, too. Yes. But it's, it's, it's definitely on, that, uh, on a, a trajectory. They've changed their t- interpretations, sure, uh, the official interpretations of it. But nonetheless, it's people who are uh, you know, of the world today looking... Th- 2,000 years ago to the way people thought 2,000 years ago, their interpretation of the the world's events and the things around them as they knew, as they understood the world 2,000 years ago, and they're saying, right. this and, is how it is. And now this is holy, and if you question it, you're going to hell. That's the part that they really have cornered the market on when it comes to organized <laughs> religion. You've got to believe our account of this story, and if you don't, you're going to hell. Yes, don't use your own faculties. Don't look around and make your own observations about cause and effect and, and right. actions and There's consequences. There's even a great verse in there that says that man's wisdom is like foolishness before God or something something like that, which basically says, if you try to use your own yeah. reason, my followers will whip out this verse, and then anything <laughs> you say, logic... Doesn't 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 matter. Right. You know, good sense doesn't matter. History doesn't matter. Sure. Well, it's what this Bible says, and this is right. the, God, God gave you the brain, but just don't use it. Okay, just right. follow this. Follow these people what I, they say. You know, I I don't have all of my uh, my early Christian history down, but there was a fella, and I think his name was Ephebius or something like that. It's it's something similar to that, um, who put the Bible together. But nobody knows this man's name. You don't hear Christians quoting Ephebius. And weren't there passages that were once in the Bible that aren't today for whatever for political reasons or some, power reasons with the Catholic Church or whatever? Sure, so, some some documents aren't in there any longer. Some of the the, the books have changed over time. Mm-hmm. Some of them are similar, um, and, mm-hmm. but you know things. And they were also written. The, the earliest copies were written for decades after Jesus died. And you know, there, there's passages passages in the Bible that I read and I think, yeah, that's interesting. And there's other things I just cringe at when I read them. Yeah. And and I guess when you read something like that, you have to take it all on for size, if you like, but but don't just buy into it because someone says you have to. Absolutely, I think that you should follow, uh, you know, your 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 heart, if you will, follow your thoughts and and your observations, and make your own decisions about mm-hmm. what you how you believe the world works, because you're you possess a a different set of understandings than those people did back then, and why would you want to tie yourself down to this old doctrine? Let's yeah. go to your calls. Uh, Brandon's on the line in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brandon. Hey, Ian, Mark, and Wade. Thanks for taking my hey, call. Hey, Brandon. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just want to – I heard Scott call in, and I just wanted to uh, comment. He said he didn't believe in aliens, and uh, I just wanted to tell you about a news article that came out in The Examiner 
on November 12th. The headline is, Vatican Prepares for Extraterrestrial Disclosure. <laughs> and, the, and the article goes on to say, uh, you know, they have an observatory apparently in the Vatican, and uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that the Pope may come out or Obama may come out and uh, disclose that there actually is extraterrestrial life out there and how that will just blow Scott's mind. Yeah, well, and, and it's, it's funny because someone like that would be really freaked out if they heard about it or saw uh, saw an extraterrestrial. And in reality, this this universe is so vast that it would be crazy to think that we're the only planet in this vast universe that has intelligent life or whatever you want to call intelligent life. Now, Brandon, um, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that guys that are at the level of, say, the Pope and Obama generally tend to do things for a reason, and that reason is usually, usually power and or money. At both, mostly. And um, I'm just wondering, what is it that the Pope or Obama could gain from saying that uh, there's extraterrestrial life? Because it doesn't seem like they just, oh, by the way, people, there's little green men from Mars visiting. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, personally? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, they're, uh, that they would have to come out. I, the, I'm just reading what the examiner says. But uh, personally... I, I think it's just for that power. Um, How would they uh, aggregate more power to themselves because of that announcement? Yeah, well, well, I mean, we're not communicating with the aliens. They are. So if they say, if they tell the people, oh, well, the aliens want us to do this or the aliens want us to do that, then, you know, that's just another thing to hold over our head. It's an interesting theory. I think yeah. it's a, a pretty good one. It's uh, it's also interesting that the aliens, as smart as they might be, haven't heard the old uh, the old saying that, do you want to talk to the person in charge or the one who knows what's going on? Because they certainly yeah. haven't talked to us down here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hope, I would hope the aliens would come and save us from the government rather than uh, negotiate with them. <laughs> well, you know, th- there's been a lot of theories over the years that... <clears throat> There's been contact with with government officials and that they don't tell the public because they don't want the people to know that they're not in charge, really, or Mm. they don't have ultimate power. And maybe now they're they're trying, maybe if they did uh, disclose it, they they would use the disclosure to justify more power or centralize power further. Um, Who knows? We'll see if that happens. But I've heard things about the Vatican and aliens before, even 10, 15 years ago, how they knew about them. And there was even an announcement about 15 years ago by by an official of the Vatican uh, talking about uh, uh, life on other planets. Well, it was actually addressed in the uh, the recent television, uh, the remake, the reimagining of the V series, which originally came out in the 1980s, now being redone here in 2009. And in the first episode, when the aliens arrive, one of the things they kind of address briefly is the idea of, well, how did the Pope handle this? Apparently, they in the in the TV show, they just sent out an update, uh, essentially saying that uh, you know, the Pope welcomes all of God's creatures, and now all of a sudden, aliens are. Uh, are part of God's creation and all, so they just changed their, you know, their doc- They changed their doctrine basically as as a result of that. Well, new if new information comes in, I guess you'd have to. Well, there is no new information. It was put down in the Bible 300 years ago, and that's all the information we have. Right. They would have to acknowledge that they were wrong about their, you know, their their prior beliefs, and eh, that's going to be a tough process for some people if that actually happens. That's what the article states primarily. It, it, it just they justify that. Oh, the aliens are our brothers, and it, it doesn't contradict uh, the Catholic belief at all. And that's 
that's primarily what the article talks about. Maybe it was just kind of an, a, a piece that was put out there to promote the new V television series or something like that, because it sounds awfully similar to what happened in the show. Thank you for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I was watching uh, the most recent episode. It's a, it's an entertaining show. It's it's a little bit cheesy. For instance, uh, you can really tell. <laughs> the, well, I'll give you an example. The aliens are pretty low-tech. Uh, you know, they've got people in rubber lizard suits. Well, you don't only get, you don't really get to see much of that, but uh, but you've got aliens with these massive ships and this awesome technology. But uh, the, to get in and out of doors, you have to punch in a code. <laughs> on a, code, a little code button. Uh, they can't do it with thing. their minds. Exactly. You'd yeah. think they'd have some sort of scanner uh, ray or you know, yeah, mind check or something mm-hmm. like that. But no, it's it's a five-digit code. Use a slag lock. <laughs> I was I was rolling my eyes at that part, but uh, overall, it's entertaining. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm sure the uh, alien conspiracy theorists are out there saying stuff like. This is just part of their plot to get people ready for the lizard men. It's free talk live. Bring up whatever you want. Hour two's coming up. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And again, you can bring up whatever you want. That is the point of this program. We're going to start things out this hour by telling you about a 10-year-old boy who has decided to stop reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, it's not because he found out the truth behind uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, that the fact is that it was written by a National Socialist man named Francis Bellamy back in the late 1800s for the purposes of indoctrinating the youth of America and also selling flags because Francis was a flag salesman. Uh, so it's not because of that, but nonetheless... Somebody who's decided to break away from tradition, uh, to break away from this thing that uh, all young people in government schools across America are expected to participate in. What's his reasoning, Mark? Uh, ten, uh, the, this here is from uh, the Ross story. Ten-year-old Will Phillips may just have become the new cause célibre, célibre, whatever, of the gay rights movement. It all started when he refused to say the Pledge of Allegiance in West Fork, Arkansas. Um, and oh, in an boy. Ele- yeah, in an elementary school there. <laughs> in the Bible Belt. Yep. Speaking to CNN's John Roberts on Monday, Will said he remained seated 
four straight days while his classmates repeated the words with liberty and justice for all. Not even standing for it either. I was analyzing the meanings of it because I want to be a lawyer, he said. Oh, God. There isn't really liberty and justice for all. There's gays and lesbians uh, can't marry. There's dot, dot, dot. Gays and lesbians can't marry. There's still a lot of racism and sexism in the world. Yeah. Mm. Of course, that's the world isn't America. But whatever, Will, you're 10. Um, eventually, right. the substitute teacher started giving Will grief over his refusal to repeat the words. What did you say to that teacher? Um, Roberts asked on, on the CNN here. And it says, eventually. I told I, him to go to hell. <laughs> I eventually, very solemnly, with a little bit of malice in my voice, said, Ma'am, with all due respect, you can go jump off a bridge. Good heavens. No, really? That's really? what it says here. I'm, I'm not making it up. <laughs> wow. See, Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed that uh, kids are always are sho- shocking, uh, shocking me. I mean, he knows the words malice and solemn. At, at, uh, fresh, yeah. fresh little kid. Yeah, fre- very fresh. Um, seated next to his boy, his father covered his face, smiling. Jay Phillips told uh, uh, a king that he thought his son was dead for rebelling against in such a manner. However, when I got home and talked to him, the more I heard from him, the more I became apparent that this wasn't a typical act of juvenile delinquency. This was a very yeah. atypical act of juvenile delinquency. No, it's very, he's very uh, very thoughtful about this. Yeah, he, he sat for four days and took the brunt of the criticism. His father added that Will apologized in writing to the teacher. I've grown up with many people who are gay, Will explained. I think that they should have the rights all people um, that all people should, and I'm not going to swear that they do. He said that others at school did not react well to his principled stance. They've taken, uh, from what I can, um, from what I said, the assumption that I'm gay. In the mm-hmm. halls in the cafeteria, I've been repeatedly called gay wad. Uh, a gay wad? Asked Roberts. What's a gay wad? I really don't know. Will said it's a, a discriminatory uh, name for homosexuals. <laughs> Kids, quite something. The uh, video is from CNN's uh, Morning America, and it's it's right here. But you know, I. I I, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's it's the 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 most refined reasoning, but he's ten, and I, I can only I can only applaud the kid. Well, he's picked something. I mean, like you say, he's ten, so he probably isn't aware of all of the depredations of the state at this point. I mean, I didn't know about all and hardly anything that the state did at, at age ten. I probably didn't even know what the state was. I mean, I knew that there was government. I probably was aware of that to some extent, but I certainly didn't know that they were locking up people. Uh, you know, a million Americans a year for drug possession, uh, that there were all kinds of asinine laws. Last night on the show we talked about in Palm Beach County, Florida, they're looking at, uh, Jupiter specifically, they're looking at raising the uh, the fine, the daily fine that you can get for having your grass growing too tall from $250 a day to $1,000 a day. Because that's so, important. Right. Well, you know, these are things that you just don't know about when you're 10 years old. So that Will here knows about one thing is pretty darn good, I think. And I would say that he's taken a fairly principled position on this. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have any guiding principles beyond that he thinks this is wrong. And good it's for good, him for standing start. up for what he believes in in this yeah. case. You know, and it, I guess it takes it takes the first little step. And he's going to, like he says, he's going to deal with a lot of grief over this because... Yeah. A lot of peer you know, pressure. You're, you're dealing with two very sacred cows, which is patriotism, and in when it comes to you know young men, you know the, their gayness or masculinity and all that stuff. There mm-hmm. was a time in my life when I considered being called gay to be a, just a terrible insult. No, it was just it was awful. I would want to fight and have yeah. over over that particular uh, epit- epitaph, mm-hmm. um, and. 
you know, now I, I just think it's funny. <laughs> but you know, it, I, 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 this kid is is taking some grief, I'm sure, and it can't be very nice. Well, good, good for him too. I mean, that, that like you say, that can't be easy. But if anything, he seems to have risen above it all, already. It it seems to be rolling off him uh, like you know off a duck's back. I don't. Uh, I hope it is. Well, the, just the way he's talking about it. I mean, what was the statement that he uh, he made about the insults? I mean, it was very a very intelligent sounding uh, statement. Yeah, he says uh, they uh, they've taken what uh, the assumption is that I'm gay in the halls of the cafeteria. They re- repeatedly called uh, me a gay wad, and Roberts asks, "What's a gay wad?" He says, "I really don't know. It's a discriminatory name for homosexuals." I mean, that sentence right there tells me that this guy is well aware that these kids are just a bunch of punks and that it's no big deal. Like he understands. But those are the punks that he goes to school get. with, and that makes it tough, Ian. And you know it is. Well, as long as they're not beating him up. You know, sticks and stones, words can never hurt me, that whole thing. Go ahead. Call me whatever you want. That's, That's fine. A, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, position to be in in public school. Well, you better go to karate school or something. Well, it's all the more heroic then from, from my perspective it, as far as what he's doing. Heroic, that, yes. That he's willing to, to put up with that kind of discrimination in order to stand up for what he believes in. Good for him. More Americans should be like him. More Americans should have the level of principle that this 10-year-old does. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one unscreened call on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. This is the Christian Anarchist. Hey Gene, what's on your mind tonight? Well, earlier I heard you guys talking about aliens. I call them Ak-Ak from the movie Mars Attacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to put my two cents worth in because uh, uh, the, the the third guy there, what's his name? Wayne. 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 That's it. Hi, Wayne. Uh, you said something to the effect of uh, how can anybody possibly believe that there wouldn't be aliens since there's so many planets and yada, yada, yada. So whenever somebody puts a challenge out like that, uh, i got to jump on the bandwagon because Does that mean... I don't believe there are okay. any other aliens. And I think I'm a fairly logical thinking person. Uh, All right, lay it out, course, Gene. Yeah, lay it out. We want to hear it, Gene. Well, the chances of, I mean, if you believe in evolution, which, of course, I don't, but that doesn't... Uh, uh, negate the fact that God could have created life on other planets. Sure. Well, could have. You know? Exactly. And That's my thinking. It, and if and if he did, I don't know. But um, I certainly believe that there is no life on any other planet, simply because uh, if it evolved, if life, if you believe in evolution, the chances of life evolving are so small and so slim that um, in the laboratory, or if you try to generate amino acids. That's the best they could do. You know, people say life has been generated in the laboratory. No, it hasn't. The best they've done is make some complex amino acids. And even at that, if you look at the experiments, it's something that could never be duplicated in nature. So uh, all they've ever been able to prove is that some amino acids can be made. But if you were to take and mathematically lay out the possibilities of something like that occurring, the possibilities are so slim, it's like one in a you know, more than the atoms of the universe. That's so the, nonsense. The numbers... Come on. I mean, the, more than the atoms in the universe? Are you kidding me? The, the universe is infinite and, and continually expanding from what we can understand, so the odds would seem to be quite good to me. All they would have to do is well, be a no... planet that, that could support life, that had oxygen, that had the building blocks to support life. And They uh, found water on Mars, didn't oh, they? Because... Yeah, and the moon, they bombed the moon about a month ago, First too, and all, they found they water didn't, there. They didn't find water on the moon. Were you guys Read the well, fine ice. print of these articles Wasn't instead ice? of reading the headlines? <laughs> no. Well, they they did bombed find, the damn moon. They did find yeah, water they, on Mars. They, 
they bombed the moon and they found nothing and they didn't find anything on Mars either as far as that goes. They found some, some complex uh, things. you got to read the fine print. You're they, saying they, they didn't find water on Mars? Is that what you're claiming no, here, Gene? that's what I'm saying. I'm saying what they found is an indication that there may be water on Mars. you got to read the Thank fine print. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. Gene says it's impossible by the odds that there's life in the universe. Come on now. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, the uh, Free Talk Live website is free, and it does include... The bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And if you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live and tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life, well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active to achieve liberty in their lifetimes, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project as we've all done, and we've all actually made the move already to New Hampshire, at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're going to get back right into your calls here uh, in a moment. But first, just want to comment a little further on what Gene had said. First of all, he claimed that if we would just read the stories a little further, rather than just uh, read the headlines, we would find out that there is not, he claims, any water on Mars. But a quick, um, a quick, uh, quick search reveals that... <laughs> Space.com says there is. Scientists said they have found proof of water ice on Mars away from the polar ice caps, a discovery made by NASA's Phoenix Mars lander. And it goes on to say that essentially what happened was they took photos of a ditch that it had dug uh, four days before. Scientists noticed what amounts, uh, they noticed about eight small crumbs of bright material had disappeared. They concluded those crumbs had been water ice buried under a thin layer of dirt that vaporized when Phoenix exposed them to the air. So then uh, what what Gene's saying is, is true. They haven't found the water. They are concluding that they found the water. Well, it says there are polar ice caps on, on Mars as well. Is that true? <laughs> Currently, I don't know. That's I mean, I can tell you that, uh, that the, the guy off NPR said that when they you know blew holes in the moon here recently, that they found a great deal of water. So, yeah. oh, so I don't know. But I also sounds like hesitate, Gene's a denier to me. I also hesitate to uh, deny what what Gene says if because if, he, he's likely read this stuff. Doesn't um, he? Just, thoroughly, doesn't Gene thoroughly. also uh, believe that the moon landing was faked? I don't know. I don't know. We don't have him here to ask him that one. It's probably not fair of me to bring it up in the first place. But nonetheless. Uh, Right here, Space.com saying water's on Mars. So, sorry, Gene, you're wrong about that. And in addition, he was talking about how he believes there are astronomical odds that 
life could have started elsewhere in the universe. And he made some reference to a big number, you know, like a one in uh, X chance, a very large X. And he thought about he used some sort of terminology like the amount of atoms in the universe. There's a greater there's a, a lesser chance than the entire atoms, uh, the count of atoms in the universe. And according to the Jefferson Lab Answers.com, an average 150-pound person has 7 times 10 to the 27th atoms in their body. That's 7 followed by 27 zeros. The number of stars in the universe, which is estimated at 10 times 10 to the 21, or 10 followed by 21 zeros. Uh, So you can see, according to this, at least, there are more atoms in your body than there are stars in the universe. I mean, to suggest that... To suggest that uh, the odds are against life being out in the universe somewhere, I think is ludicrous. that does seem unlikely unlikely to me. However, I think that uh, you know when when dealing with with Gene, I would prefer to have him here when we're talking about these subjects. Right. Well, I'm I'm just addressing what he said after the fact because we've got to go to some more calls, and we're going to start with I believe uh, I think Ron is with us in Los uh, Los Louisiana. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Uh, very interesting story this evening, gentlemen. Thanks, Ron. What's on your mind tonight? It's always interesting. You never know what's going to come up on your program. <laughs> uh, to make a quick comment on the boy, the 10-year-old, uh, uh, it's pretty unusual. In fact, it's probably impossible that he made that decision on his own. He probably has some kind of handler that was behind that situation. But I, anyway, that's not what I call it. I almost feel that same way, mm-hmm. but, you know, the boy who know, decided to not uh, speak the pledge until gay people are given the right to marry. Yeah, we, we, you know, we were all 10, and we dang sure didn't think about anything like that. No, <laughs> well, I like football. It could have been a, a lesson, or a, maybe a teacher <clears throat> talked about that issue, and then yeah, he, he was, upset about it, and then he did what he did because of that. that. Well, wait a minute. Anyway, when you say a hand, uh, hold on a second. When you say he had a handler, I mean, you mean his parents? Uh, odds well, are good that most parents. Hey, I have no idea. It, it just looked like somebody put him up to it. Let's it does it seem that way. Whether well, it was his parents, his teacher, uh, or whatever. Well, that's okay. That's what yeah. parents do: is they indoctrinate their kids to uh, sure. so to a certain belief system. Most parents do. Some that's parents right. kind of let their kids go and figure things out on their own. But it's it's kind of typical that kids have handlers. Well, yep. uh, when I said handler, I meant somebody behind him giving him this information and these ideas to do this. Good you for know? them. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically. But anyway, that's really not what I call it. I called about the man that talked about the scriptures. You know, I've, I've been studying them for, oh, 55 years. And then, of course, I had 20 years of teaching prior to that in the churches. And uh, I... As I studied the Bible, the more I studied it, the more it didn't make sense. (laughs) Uh, And I was always the kind of a person that it had to make sense to me. I I couldn't accept it. Even when I was four years old, my parents would tell me something. I'd say, why? Mm -hmm. I wanted to know why. It had to make sense to me. Because we said so, son. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's basically what these churches would tell you when I'd ask why about stuff. He said, "Well, that's just you know you. Uh, that's where it, that's what it says." Yep, I never got good answers either when I was a kid, and that's why I uh, at that time became an atheist. I've, I've now become a pantheist, but I, I share exactly where you're coming from. I know well, I, I've been I'm there. I'm not an atheist now. I'm a believer, but I realize that these churches teach a bunch of fables. For mm-hmm. one thing, the Bible is not the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. It's the history of uh, basic history of the Adamic race. Damn there are thousands, uh, you know, tens of thousands, hundred thousand years of, 
of man on the earth prior to that time. The Bible doesn't say that that was a... It said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was the first verse. And then there's a great, vast time uh, that passed up before he placed Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes, one would imagine. There was a lot. And just like the flood you talked about, uh, the flood did not cover the whole world. If you See, I started going back to the Hebrew on every word, on every verse. That's how I dug into this thing. It's a lot of studying. I found out that they were talking about the, the flood covered the ground, not right. the earth. Right, their and world. They lived in an area that was uh, a big valley that was like 400 miles wide and 600 miles uh, the other way, and there was a flood in that area. He filled that up to wipe out the Nephilim or the fallen angels and their brood, you see. Uh, These are the giants, the, right? The bloodline. And the reason he saved Noah is because him and his family were the only ones left that hadn't been tainted by this Nephilim blood. That's the reason he saved him and then started the... So you believe that... You, so, you, so how big were these Nephilim? Well, the, the Bible doesn't say, but they were mighty, mighty men, mighty big. You know, they were big. And the Bible says that the sons of God, referring to them, saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them to wives, in other words, forced them to be their wives and raised up children. And so... So it sounds to me like you believe some of the story, but not all the, the details. Well, it. it's been misinterpreted, and, and, and they, they just don't know what they're talking about in these churches, and that's why I got out. Yep. Just, I, I believe in I, the, the scriptures now. I think you've got to make your own decisions. I thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I still think most of the stories are just stories. Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include the chat room. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com and get interactive with some of our listeners during the show or after the show. Um, it's open 24 hours a day. Best time is during the show, and it's free, of course, at chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat. Dot freetalklive.com. If you hate making those extra trips to carry in the groceries, for the, um, for the last few months at my house, we've been using the Tota Sack. It's a handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States. It's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Just go to totasack.com. That's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com and get a family pack today. It's Tota Sack. They carry more than you can, a lot more. And they have a special Christmas offer going on where if you buy... Uh, two family packs, they'll ship the one for free to wherever in the United States you want to. So it's an easy way to take care of some Christmas uh, shopping. Totasack.com. Excellent. We continue with your phone calls to Errol in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Errol. Errol? Uh, it's Eric. Eric, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, 
Well, I had a question. Or the, well, I had two questions. But first, I want to comment on the uh, evolution talk. Sure. And the chances of life happening are extremely high, and I have heard that it's one over the amount of atoms in the universe. But well, wouldn't that be extremely low? The chances would be extremely low, not high. Well, well, yeah, extremely low. Sorry. Okay. Um, but that actually doesn't really mean much because, like, chances of like one in three hundred million happen at least once in the United States every day. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's a misconception of probability. And uh, but hmm. my questions were is uh, about the free market society. Is how do you prevent a, like another government to just pop up? That's a good question. Uh, I guess if people wanted to have a coercive monopoly on violence, they would be able to have one. I think that the voluntary society I like to talk about on this show, and I'm a voluntarist, that means that I believe that human beings should interact with one another on a consensual basis, and I think that's how most people interact, and I think that we just need to extend that out to the concept of governments. So in order to get to that voluntary society, we'd have to have people coming to understand why that's beneficial. If you can't convince people to go voluntary in the first place, then, well, you're never going to get there. So you'd have to convince people of the, the benefits to humans interacting voluntarily, and then hopefully they would see all of the wonderful, uh, you know, as we're promising, all of the great things that the marketplace would uh, would be able to provide. They would see all of the, those things start to come to fruition, and why on earth would they want to go back to coercion? I mean, it's like, you know, do you want to go back to uh, chattel slavery? Most people would say no, uh, because they've come to the conclusion that it's a real bad idea, and it's inhumane, and it's something that most people look back on and say, my goodness, how could we have done something like that to our fellow man? What, what, what were those people back then thinking? Well, and I think the same thing would would have happened or would happen, will happen, when the voluntary society is achieved. Down the line, people are going to look back and say, what were, what were people thinking with these governments? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, but do you really think it went away or did it just change form? Is, I think today it's become more covert, whereas well, way back yeah. then it was more out in the open. Aren't, well, aren't we slaves now? Aren't we chattels? Yes. Well, no, we're not, not in the same manner, though. Right. It's not as uh, it's not as blatant. It's not as restrictive. The slavery today, you have more options. You have more choice. You have more ability to uh, select the plantation that you're slaving on. Yeah. Uh, but and, and it's not as overt. You're right, Wayne. It has changed forms. It's become more subtle. That is all true. But it doesn't negate the point that I'm making that in people's minds, chattel slavery has gone away. That form of slavery has gone away. The direct enslavement uh, of man has pretty much disappeared from this society. It's still in existence around the world. Uh, don't get me wrong. The chattel slavery still exists worldwide. It still exists in America in some places. You know, you'll Sex hear slaves, stories, things like that. Well, you'll hear you hear hear stories now and then, and by and large, the way it is, uh, you know, basically through the immigration laws, uh, they they scare the bejesus yeah. out of people um, that are that are you know brought over here illegally, and they say, hey, if you escape, the cops will get you. Sure, it's yes, it does still exist, but mostly when you talk mostly, to people, yes, most it is people, abhorred. Right, most people would say, my goodness, I would never engage in something like that personally. And I don't think they would be. You could persuade them back to the idea of bringing back chattel slavery. So does that answer your question? Well, it kind of answers my question. I guess my point is: is what stops for like a different countries, such as like England or you know like Russia or something like that, coming in and just taking over if this like society came into effect? Uh, people defending themselves. Okay, I guess I, I guess you know. Like, they just have, like, military more than we do. Like, they have bombs and all Okay, that. here's my question for you. What is it that they are going to bomb in a voluntary society? I guess they just kill people. 
Well, I mean, in order to take over a country, typically the way you do it is you go and you defeat the other country's military, and then uh, you know, the mil- one military defeats another military, and then the military that won um, then has to occupy that country. Right. And- they go to the capital of whatever that country is, nominally or in fact, and then they say they, they hang their flag where we're the other in charge flag was, now. and then they say, we're in charge. And then people will either go along with it or they won't. In many cases, they won't, and you'll have to deal with uprisings and insurgencies and things like that, and you get a situation that's, you know, similar to what you've seen happening in Iraq, for instance. And Afghanistan. And Afghanistan, where it's just just endless conflict and, and violence. And so, um, you know, most most countries, you know, they're just not ready for that. They don't they don't they're not built for that. You couldn't. Can you imagine trying to occupy the entire the entirety of the United States of America? It would be very, very difficult for them to do that. And because they wouldn't in a voluntary society, they wouldn't have uh, governmental structures to overtake. They wouldn't have a central command to defeat. They would have essentially a decentralized group of people that would be eh, fighting for their freedom and no one would be in charge so if they took out one group of freedom fighters then there would be other groups that didn't even know that other group existed that would continue uh, defending their uh, their land and their property you're talking about a very very expensive uh, <laughs> an expensive fight and that and most of those countries today are not really invading many other countries it does happen still some countries you know some governments do invade other other countries but for the most part uh, people have learned that that's a pretty expensive affair in both lives and and uh, you know actual dollar costs. Okay. Um. My second question is, how would you exactly plan on having money? Seeing how money is like printed by the government. I mean, if anyone can just print money, how do you control the standard of what stuff is worth? Well, I mean, I can understand going to like backing with gold, but right. actually, unless you pay with actual gold. Well, well, the, a good example would be the Liberty Dollar. <clears throat> You'll, you would have independent currencies popping up that were backed by something, and it would be up to people to evaluate that. And, uh, for example, if somebody were to mint a one-ounce silver coin or and a one-ounce gold coin, that's something that has value, and that could be exchanged in the marketplace. Uh, well, Mises used to say that all real money is created in the marketplace. So if you didn't have gold or silver, maybe you grow corn on your property. You right. could trade that for something else. And you're living in a world where you see governments printing money. But the vast majority, and even the recent history um, in the United States and around the world, banks issued money. And they issued money as a... Warehouse receipts, right? right as yes. it, it, it was a piece of paper. It was a note saying that we have this thing, um, usually gold or silver, in our vault, and this piece of paper allows the bearer to be able to get that thing. Well, I, I guess my question is: is how do you back what gold is worth if you don't have some monetary value of it and if you don't have a consensual monetary value how do you say what well you you could denominate it in ounces you could say well my services are an ounce of silver per hour you wouldn't have to use dollars as a number you could use uh, the actual weight Mm -hmm. of it instead which actually is a better way to do it the the even back when we had the gold standard we had this contrived thing called the dollar which at that time was roughly just an under an ounce of silver and uh, 20 of them was, uh, or I'm sorry, an ounce of gold was about 20 of them, uh, and and that was uh, a bit uh, outside the market, free market as well, in, in a sense. But the, the cleanest way to do it is just to uh, do it by weight rather than by any kind of uh, currency value. Right, Eric. It's very easy here. Let me let me uh, let me try it out on you here. I need a ditch dug in my yard. It's about 10 feet long, and I need it two feet deep. And I've got a shovel that you can use to do it. 
Um, Eric, I will give you uh, an ounce of silver to do that. Is that uh, acceptable to you or not acceptable? Uh, acceptable. Acceptable? See, hell of we a just deal. Said, right. Actually, you, you went rather cheap. I would have gone. <laughs> I would have gone as high as ten. But it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Matter. We just managed to set a price. So we can come back if you've got another question. Uh, hang on, Eric. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And of course, it would be the market that would be setting prices on things. Buyers and sellers coming together and agreeing on prices. That's how prices are set. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what's on your mind. If you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we ask for your vote over at the Podcast Awards it's a once-a-year opportunity to help get Free Talk Live uh, one of the most coveted awards in the podcasting world. And you can do that by going to podcastawards.com. In fact, I think it may be the only podcasting award out there. Uh, they have several different categories, however, and we are nominated, thanks to listeners like you nominating us, uh, we are nominated in the political category for the fifth time. And we have won the prior four times, so this could be... Hopefully, will be our fifth in a row. In only fact, if only if you go vote. Right, right. It's up to you to make this happen. We can't do this without you. So please go to podcastawards.com. Scroll down the page. Look about the third category from the bottom on the right hand side. That's where the political category is going to be. Again, there are a lot of categories to scroll through. Uh, but select Free Talk Live. Scroll down a little further and fill out the required information. You may be email verified to make sure you're a real person, not some sort of robot script that is uh, cheating. So please go to podcastawards.com, vote for Free Talk Live, and we would much appreciate that. It makes a big, uh, makes it's a big deal for us when we win this thing because. It allows us to claim that we're an award-winning podcast and radio show. Yeah, I, I use this uh, particular award in every day in the marketing of Free Talk Live. And if we win this year or when we win this year with your help, we'll be able to claim we beat Rush Limbaugh. This year, we're up against Rush Limbaugh. We've, we've defeated uh, Barack Obama. We've defeated George Bush in the past. But, well, I'd prefer we not even talk about old Rush in this particular uh, thing, because if he mentions just one time on his show... That he's on, we're 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 done. I'm sorry. Probably done. true. Probably true. <laughs> but nonetheless, it still will be nice to beat him, and we can do it with your help. If you go and vote for Free Talk Live in the political category at podcastawards.com. I think Eric's still with us in Illinois. Eric, you're back on Free Talk Live with some good questions uh, about the uh, the voluntary society and and fiat currency and replacing fiat currency, which is essentially a government dictated currency where they can print as much as they want out of thin air, basically replacing that with market uh, money where people in the marketplace, banks and other institutions would figure out ways to provide money to people. And of course, the market would decide on what was the best currency and what was the uh, the most uh, you know the, the most useful version of the the different mm-hmm. ones that are on the market and so your your question that and are you still there eric 
yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so did we answer the question about how prices would be set appropriately for you? Um, it sounds like you mean to have like a barter system between the individuals that are doing the uh, business transactions, and that seems very reasonable to me. Like it makes perfect sense. I just don't understand how you would come to terms of like setting an actual like standard for gold, like an actual value that it has. Well, gold's uh, valued by the things that one might purchase from it. Remember that this isn't difficult. Gold was the currency and has been the currency basically accepted worldwide for most of civilized uh, you know, culture. So it's not too difficult. Essentially, gold would come in denominations of coins. They would, they would be one-ounce coins. They would be half-ounce coins. They'd be quarter-ounce coins. Silver would come in different allotments, too, and People would understand the, the, the relative difference between them. You know, say silver is one twentieth of gold or whatever. They, it was The marketplace decided was the difference. I want my gold on a card. I don't want to have to carry that stuff around. And, and you will get that yes. uh, because banks will issue it in that, in that fashion. Right. And they will allow you access to your gold and to other people's gold through accounts. And those banks will take money in order to do that. Um, or they'll lend out your money, um, and you'll you'll give it to them for a period of time so that they can make money on it, and, and that's how you'll get your account. However, and that's what things are going to be worth. I mean, essentially, um, you know, people will exchange certain goods and services. They'll become norms with the information the Internet allows. Just imagine, everybody's going to have something like a smartphone, Eric, in 20 years. So these kind of bits of information are going to be intuitive and very easy for people to uh, to know. You're not going to you're not going to see swindling so much like I just swindled you on the uh, the ditch that I was having dug at my house in the last segment. Um and so, you know, you won't see that because people will sort of understand what gold and silver are worth. And you'll, right. and you'll have people on their smartphones monitoring the value of gold and silver by the moment, by the second, sometimes maybe before a transaction. But you'll, you have a very informed, uh, communicative populace now that you didn't have 100 years ago. So it's actually the time is more ripe than ever to have a free market economy. Okay. Um, well, thank you for answering my question. Anything else on your um, mind tonight? Uh, yeah, I was ta- I was listening yesterday about the government is good website. Yeah. From what I can tell, the guy's opinion is of getting rid of government like right now and not letting it take the time to like progress into a voluntary situation. And I would think he would be actually correct if we were to just get rid of government right now. So. Well, I, there's a lot of there are a lot of claims on that particular website. I'm not going to say he's right about uh, much of anything because whatever well, I looked I at there was pretty I awful. I wouldn't say he's right because I'm definitely against government. But the idea of just getting rid of government right now, like if we just dropped it, it would probably turn the world into like shambles. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that there needs to be uh, steps taken. Mm-hmm. We often give different steps on how to move in a particular area of society. You know, say. Education will give steps on how to move from where we are today to a more voluntary or completely voluntary educational system. And I think that there need to be steps in certain areas. I think that the the areas that are scariest for people are areas like roads, cops, courts, perhaps the military. Those are areas that uh, that people believe that governments are definitely needed for. Thank you, Eric, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Robert listening in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Robert. Hey, how's it going? Hey. I got a, uh, a letter in the mail from my local city government, uh, oh. Philadelphia. That's a love letter, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, they love a lot. 
Um, it, the first thing you see are big, bold letters saying, violation notice of failure to file tax return. And it Uh-oh. goes on to tell me that uh, I've uh, failed to file tax returns for the year of 2007. Now, this is and, for the city uh, of Philadelphia? Yeah, the city. Just so, the city of Philadelphia. So you have an income tax in the city. <laughs> we, we not only have an income tax, but if you're like myself where you are a, um, um, a business person, uh, self-employed, um, you pay what's called a business privilege tax because Whoa. it's a privilege to do uh, business here in Philadelphia. Oh, my gosh. So the last year for me, that amounted to $2,750. Um, <laughs> wow. That Sounds like a shakedown to me. <laughs> isn't, isn't it incredible that just because I'm not employed by someone else, I have to pay thousands of dollars a year more? I, I, I don't understand that. Well, they, they want to do whatever it. they can. Oh, I understand it. They want to do whatever they can to restrict the marketplace so their buddies uh, who've been around in the, whatever the various different industries are are protected from upstarts like you. Yeah, and it's a huge union town. Philadelphia is run by its unions, and I, I would say it probably ties that ties into it somehow. I mean, just the very name, the business privilege tax, drives me insane. Not quite as insane as writing that check does, but pretty close. Yeah, I I do. The the business privilege tax is very funny. This is a it's a privilege to uh, do business here Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. It's the city of brotherly love, after all. So uh, pay up. Show us you love us. Your accent's not that bad there. (laughs) Hey, you know, you you know, you could just vote with with your freaking feet. You know. Hey, let, let me get a. I know you had more you wanted to tell me about the this letter, and I want to get to that. But just give me a little. If you don't mind, I, if it's too personal, you can certainly say no. But can you give us a picture of what are some of the other amounts that you're paying to live and do business in Philadelphia? I mean, it's twenty seven hundred dollars a year just for the business privilege tax. What else are yeah. you shelling out? Uh, well, our uh, sales tax is eight percent. Um, they just raised that 1% uh, last month, actually. They, they mm. added another percent onto it because the city strapped, like, everyone and uh, everyone else and every other, you know, municipality how'd, around. How'd they raise that 1%? Did, you, did, did everybody get to vote on it and they, they got the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, that happens, That man. was a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to even bother answering okay. that thing. <laughs> They simply made a decision and it was done. I yeah, nice. <laughs> like everything else um, in this country these days. Well, down where yeah. we come from, uh, it, they had to trot out the cheerleaders on the, the corners of the streets to get, get people to vote for a, a tax increase, which they did. Dutifully, uh, they went because the kids wanted it, right? Uh, so they yeah. went on and they did it. But you're saying they just arbitrarily did it there in, in Philly. So yeah. so $2,700 a year to do business in Philly, an 8% sales tax. What else? Property tax? Plus whatever the income tax is. uh I'm not sure offhand. I think it's four and a half percent. The so what kind of a check did you cut for income tax last year? I'm not sure. Thousands? Um, because it's it's wrapped up uh, in other things, and I don't. I have an accountant. I don't do my taxes oh, okay. because I'm mathematically retarded. But you're paying <laughs> you're paying the city of Philadelphia. You're paying the state of Pennsylvania, and you're paying the federal government all income tax. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. And property taxes as well. Property taxes. Property taxes, I will say, are lower in Philadelphia than most other places. My property taxes are about 1000 a year. 1000 a year. All right. I'm going to bring you back. You can tell us the rest of your story here in a moment if you don't mind. Hang through the news. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. More with Robert in moments. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumer's Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we had Robert on the phone with us in Pennsylvania. He was going to tell us about a uh, little love letter that the city of uh, uh, Philadelphia had sent to him. And unfortunately, he was on a cell phone and his battery was dying. So he promised he'd call back to tell the rest of the story. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope to hear back from him. Otherwise, we continue with your calls about what you want. And we'll start with Joe in Illinois. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hi there. Joe, what's on your mind tonight? It's great to talk to you guys. You have a great show. Thanks, Joe. What's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Oh, well, uh, about about noon Central Standard Time, I was watching CNN, which I probably shouldn't have been doing that. But um, this piece they had on uh, Oath Keepers, this made my jaw drop. Mm -hmm. Really? It was an unbelievable hit piece. Really? Do tell. are you familiar with that organization? Yes. Yes. Well, why don't you tell yeah. our listeners who aren't what it is? Well, well, it's it's simply all it is is um, an organization where uh, members of the military and police uh, pledge to not uh, engage in martial law activities, gun confiscation, uh, other police state things. Uh, that's all it is. And uh, and and they uh, CNN made this hit piece on them that made them look like they were totally crazy and uh and, and militia members were, yeah yeah and well well not not even that it was more the fact that uh what what really got to me was at the end because they were talking about oh so you're not going to confiscate guns oh well that's crazy you're not going to uh, put people into concentration camps. Oh, you'd have to be crazy to think that that could happen. Right. It can't happen here. This is America. I've heard the same thing on uh, Air America, and it was the the hit. You know, the same the same kind of hit thing. And well, then it shouldn't be a problem if I make an oath not to uh, to do it. If I make an oath that I won't follow the um, the alien overlords when they come, who cares if I make that oath? Because well, there aren't any alien overlords, right? Exactly. Yeah, and Chris Matthews did a, a horribly slanted interview with uh, with the gentleman that runs that organization too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you got to wonder why they get so mad about it when all they're saying is we're not going to confiscate guns, we're not going to put people in concentration camps, we're not going to put microchips into people, we're not going to do you know any 
any type of tyranny against American citizens. And and then, but at the end of the interview, uh, the the CNN reporter came on and very matter of factly said, you know, sort of a like, just so you know, there are no bills to confiscate guns and there are no de- citizen detention camps within the United States, and and that just made my jaw drop because that those are two complete outright total lies. Well, well back lies. you know back in the eighties <clears throat> during the Iran Contra hearings. They were questioning, I think it was Oliver North. It came out yeah, that at that time, at that time, there were contingency plans to declare martial law and suspend the Constitution. All that stuff came out briefly, and it was kind of brushed under the rug, and this is back in the 80s. Yeah, uh, REX 84. Right. Yeah. And then, and then Bush built uh, three big ones, with, of course, with Halliburton. What are they doing and, with uh, these things now? Playing ping pong. Lots of ping pong. Yeah, well, they're waiting Right, so but, but, they but, they they and, have places they, they can take people. We know that because during Hurricane Katrina, they took people into a FEMA holding area. Uh, I don't know if it was as the conspiracy people are describing them to be when they're talking about them. Well, there's but, old. There was an old. I was uh, housed in prison on an old Air Force base. The thing was gigantic, but it, most of it was falling down. Yeah, well, I mean, they have they have places to uh, to take people. I just don't know. How, I don't know if they have as many as the, the you know the the conspiracy people might like to believe. I, that's all up for debate. Yeah, who um, knows? But you know, they're certainly not rounding people up as we speak. But they've done it in the past. They did it to the Japanese Americans mm-hmm. and they did it to uh, the German Americans back in uh, World War II times. So it's not like it hasn't happened before. It has right here. Not all Germans, not all Japanese, just ones in certain geographic areas. Whatever they took them and they put them into camps. And didn't they lost they? their property. They lost their businesses. Yeah, there were over 120,000, I believe the number was, Japanese citizens, U.S. citizens that were rounded up during World War II. So to say it can't happen here is to ignore history. And to pretend like it can't repeat itself, it absolutely could. Any other yeah, thoughts, Preston? And, uh, and for them to say that there's no plans for any type of gun confiscation or additional gun control is an outright lie, too. There's mm-hmm. at least four bills in in, in uh, committee right now that would just completely gut the Second Amendment. Uh, you can look at them at uh, gunowners.org. Yes. And they, uh, just all semi-autos gone, uh, you know, given the attorney general power to ban any guns that he wants to. Pretty and, crazy. And, the, I'm, I'm just wondering, is the Second Amendment not gutted now? <laughs> good, further. Good point. It's yep. gutted good, further. further. Right. If you don't have the right to bear arms, then you don't have an active they, Second Amendment. Right? They've already eviscerated it. Perhaps they haven't burned the corpse and scattered the ashes to the far winds. Right. But they've come very, very close. The parts of part of the corpse is gone already. I mean, they've done everything but chew the trunk. Interesting, though, that CNN decided to do a hit piece on the Oath Keepers organization because, number one, uh, it's just going to give them more attention, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you get I want some people to do some hit pieces on Free Talk Live. Please <laughs> do a hit piece on this show. And, and you uh, know something? The, the mainstream media is losing so much credibility that all they're doing is digging their own hole because all they're doing is ticking people off who know better oh, yeah yeah absolutely they, they also they even inadvertently plugged uh, alex jones's new movie fall of the republic oh i haven't seen that one yet have you seen that one it, it is it is a very very good movie well right very on uh, thank you for the call tonight i appreciate hearing from you uh, i got it on torrent i just haven't taken the time to watch it yet 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line you can bring up whatever's on your mind we go to bob in california bob you're on free talk live with ian wayne and mark hi there hey bob what's on your mind bob tonight? in california you are bob go ahead 
a little while ago you had a guy on there that was talking about the Bible, didn't you? Yes, that has happened. A couple. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that I had to reboot my computer, so I missed some of it. But I think he said that the, he was studying the Bible a lot, and the more he studied, the more it did not make any sense. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, that's right. Well, you I know agree why? It's because he's reading the wrong Bible. Most oh, really? of the English Bibles have a lot of mistranslations. If you go back and he get said he Bible. read the Hebrew as well. Yeah, he was saying that in, in um, that, uh-huh. that he had uh, learned the Hebrew. Well, what do you? What would you suggest? Well, I'd suggest going to a, a website called Concordant.org. C O N C O R D A N T. And what would one find there? Uh, you heard of the Concordance? It's a compilation of all the. Uh, Verses and uh, words. It's organized by words. It's a. Um, it, it, it's basically a. What are they? Reference book for the Bible. Book, right. right. <clears throat> and so, if you would translate the Bible and be consistent, uh, instead of calling uh, three different, for instance, in the uh, Greek part of the Bible, there are three different words for that that the King James translates as hell. That's not right. <laughs> There's three different words, not just one word, one English word, hell. So if he'd, he'd uh, go to that uh, All right, website. so why don't you, can you, can you summarize for us some of the, I mean, you've, you pointed out one difference there, but can you summarize for us, you know, what the message is that you think is, is different between, or at least some of the messages that you feel are, are significantly different between your version and the, uh, the version that, uh, you know, somebody sure. else might be reading? Sure. Uh, traditional uh, <clears throat> beliefs here are that there's such a place as hell, and that means an eternal torment. Well, it's not true. Uh, the word eternal is not even a scriptural word. So you're saying that in uh, your this concordant version of the Bible, that uh, the hell, does, hell is not part of that story? Hell is not an, an eternal torment place. What is it? There's no such place. So it doesn't even exist? That's correct. Are you a uh, Jehovah's Witness? Absolutely not. Just wondered. Interesting. I know. So do you consider yourself a Christian? I'm a believer. Okay. I want to find out more about what you believe in, if you don't mind. Hang on. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. I think people's beliefs are interesting, uh, and I like to know what they're all about. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And speaking of SACL-CAI... SACL-CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three, really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
They know that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They never harass your uh, your your, call, your uh, clients, and they record every call so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. All right, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We've got Bob on the line in California. Now, Bob, uh, we've kind of been on a theological bend uh, this evening on the program, and you called in to say that it's your understanding that the Christian Bible is misinterpreted and mistranslated and that you've got a specific version that you say uh, doesn't even include the concept of hell. Uh, you said right before the break that you consider yourself a believer. Mark asked if you were a Jehovah's Witness. You said no. Uh, so what is it that you believe, Bob? Can you lay it out? Well, this is a big subject, and you can't just sit down for three minutes and spiel out the whole well, thing. Well, that's what you're going to have to do. <laughs> and okay, it'd be best if it was 60 seconds. God. God always existed. Now, that's a concept that you can't get your mind around. And he created Jesus. Jesus is God's son. He created Jesus so that Jesus could create the rest of the world. Jesus is not God. And that's what a lot of denominations say he is. How could he be God and then die for three days? Did that mean that God died? No, Jesus died. Uh, so you said Jesus people, created the world in your belief? Created the universe, the whole works. Not an uncommon belief, particularly. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it's like I say, it's a difficult thing to. Uh, but didn't people, Jesus come so after the is Adam Jesus and Eve? God, is Jesus God or not God? Jesus is not God. Okay. So you would not be God. a Christian then, right? Huh? You're, you would not be able to self-describe as a Christian then, correct? That's why I said I'm a believer and not gotcha. a Christian. Because okay. Christians believe in e- eternal hell, and there's no such thing. So how can I be a Christian and believe in something stupid like that? Well, we had some guy call last week who said that he was a Christian, but didn't he also not believe in hell, Mark? It's, it's not uncommon for people to, to you know call themselves Christian, still not believe in hell. Um, you had said that he was not a Christian. You, it was your. Well, you know, it's uh, there. There is a religion that is basically called Christianity in the United States, and it's something similar to the the Protestants believe something similar to what the Evangelicals believe, and the Catholics, uh, you know, they're kind of all over the board on what they believe because their religions had to change uh, greatly throughout the the, the centuries. So, um, well, wouldn't wouldn't a loving and forgiving God uh, wouldn't that preclude him from? Uh, you know, sentencing somebody, somebody's soul to uh, an eternity of, of uh, uh, I don't know, pain and suffering and the most and torment, painful suffering you can imagine. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, I don't, th- I don't think a, lo- a loving and forgiving God would do that. Do you? There's a problem with what you said about a loving and forgiving God. He is that, but he also uh, creates evil. You go back into the Old Testament. Uh, <laughs> He does everything. He creates evil as well as good. That's why he put the, uh, the tree of good and evil in the garden. He intended for Eve to screw up, and he intended for Adam to not say, Hey, Eve, drop that. Don't eat it. Uh, our, our, we wallow in our sins and our evil ways right now so that later in the next life we'll say, Ho, 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 I see what this is. You learn by experience. And this is just a big experience. Most people think of hell as Dante's hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, sorry. So, so what you're so let me see if I understand what you're saying here. Uh, that that in your belief, 
the uh, God force or whatever created evil, but there is no necessary eternal punishment for choosing, uh, you know, these evil things. Is that right? You you, you get uh, the punishment you get is a corrective punishment. You know, you you send people here in the United States to a correctional institution, supposedly to correct them so they can be okay again. Mm-hmm. Well, God can correct people uh, to, to, to be okay in the final analysis, but uh, it's too big a subject. That's okay. Well, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you. It sounds, sounds similar, Mark, to uh, something that you've kind of said before. That... Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't disagree with most of what he said, uh, honestly. If, right. you know, I mean, at this point, you get into the area of speculation, and, and you know, it's, it's not the religion that I was taught when I was growing up, which is fine with me. I really don't like that one very much. The Christian one. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's the predominant Christian one. And the Bible's pretty clear that most Christians are going to be led astray by antichrists anyway. So, you know, if that's the wrong religion that everybody believes is the right one, well, then that's exactly what the Bible says is going to be the wrong one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231, because what your, your, my understanding of your belief system, Mark, is, and it's similar to mine, is that essentially uh, heaven and hell are right here, right now, and you get to choose it based on what you choose, what you do, and you'll experience whatever those consequences are from your choices, and I, it kind of sounds like that's what he was getting at. I, that's, that's, uh, that's what I see it as. And the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Let's move on to suicide. Boy, that's a uh, peppy topic. Ding, ding. Wayne, you want to cover this for us? What's going on? Oh, boy. The military is having a lot, a lot of problems right now. They've got a record suicide rate among uh, men in the Army, men and women probably, as of November 16th. Is that an all-time record? Uh, well, let's see. It says as of November 16th, 140 soldiers on active duty and 71 soldiers not on active duty were suspected to have committed suicide. Hmm. We're almost certainly uh, going to end uh, the year higher than last year, which was also a record for Army suicides. Wow. And this typically does happen in the Vietnam War. As, as a war lingers on longer and longer, these things seem to crop up. Makes sense. I mean, you know, when you're the one who's out there fighting a war that doesn't make any sense, and Obama's policy analysts have said that the only reason that we're really there is a political reason to make Obama look good. Um, that's They didn't say it in those terms, but that's essentially what they were saying, and that the, the war was essentially unwinnable because, well, they, everybody believes, uh, you know, you're, you're fighting two different cultures there um, in, in Afghanistan. I believe you've got the... Um, I can't remember the names of the the two tribes that are that are involved, but there's a smaller uh, you know, tribe, I guess, of people who uh, have essentially control of the government, and there's much larger Pashtuns. Well, it's it's opium versus oil too, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's that's all invo- involved there, and that's you know these are the reasons that we're over there because gosh, we want to be in control of the opium, uh, make sure that they're not producing that if that's what you really and believe. Make sure the not Taliban's not making money on opium and all this baloney. No, I know that most people probably don't leave notes before they kill themselves, but it would be interesting to know what these people's motivations are for offing themselves. I mean, you'd think mm. that is it is it because they've engaged in killing of innocents and they feel like they just can't live with that? That would make the most sense to me. Yeah. Otherwise, if it was just being in an awful place in an awful situation, well, you'd know that eventually you'd get out. 
Uh, and if you didn't want to keep going along with the killing, you could just stop and they'd put you in the brig somewhere and then eventually you'd get out. Um, so I'm just curious as to why they're doing this. I don't imagine the article goes into a little reasons. bit. I, I can get into it after the break. Okay, we'll do that here in moments at 800-259-9231 plus. Coming up in the uh, Chicago area, we've got four cops who have actually admitted to being crooks. We'll uh, explain what they did here in moments. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And, by the way, the features include our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com and you can become a fan over at facebook.freetalklive.com. There's been some confusion about the Free Talk Live Facebook profiles. I had switched it back to the old Facebook group, but now it's back to the Facebook fan page when you go to facebook.freetalklive.com. So become a fan. It's free. Um, If you're going to own a handgun, then you and your family should be trained in the use, and the best way to be trained is by going to frontsite.com. They provide... Just the, the the kind of training that you need, better than law enforcement and military standards, without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. They'll also give you, uh, you know, included in the course is a 30-state concealed weapons permit and a free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com, and that handgun's not some cheap thing. It's a Springfield Armory XD pistol, pistol in the caliber of your choice. Nice. FrontSight.com. All right, we continue here, and uh, we'll take your calls about anything. But want to continue the story uh, that Wayne was telling us about. With record numbers in the, uh, the U.S. military, specifically the Army is what this uh, story is about, right. killing themselves. Uh, what was it, over 100 so far this year? Yes. 160 or something 140 like that? 140 as of the, uh, this year so far. So 140 people, that is more more than last year, which last year was also a record? record yes. Uh, it's, it's sad. And the officials are voicing frustration that the Army has not yet been able to identify any causal links among, among the suicide cases, except that soldiers are more likely to kill themselves when they are away from their, their stations where help is available. There's no simple answer, they say. Each suicide case is unique Oh, the as simple the answer is, I've got a simple answer, let's... Get those people the hell out of there. How about that? Yeah, that's a really good one, but they don't want to do that. They want to keep right. sending more men there. And, of course, they've had to lower their standards, as we've said many times, and we've read stories over the last two years how they've had to keep lowering their standards to be able to recruit more men. Right, maybe and, to include people that aren't as mentally stable, that kind of right, thing. Right, exactly. They you know, maybe can't handle the, uh, the the rigors of combat and also uh, what they have to do. I don't know how anybody can handle that. I don't I mean, either. You have to be, I, <laughs> to be good at it. You have to be sick. It, like it would seem like it. I mean, certainly there are uh, you know people that were that are probably the the situation confronts them. They rise to the situation, and likely they they manage to keep whatever damage it did to them mentally, uh, you know, sort of at bay, and and it, you know it doesn't come out when they trot them in front of the the audiences to wave and all that other stuff. But 
to be very, very good at killing. You have to be got to be really, really messed up. And I can only imagine how awful it is to see one of your com- cohorts that you're out there in the field with who's decided, you know what, I'd rather take my M16 and blow my head off than go another day of doing this crap. Yeah. But, you know, you have to be able to compartmentalize these things as well. But I think that if you're truly, def- if you really truly believe you're defending your country, you're defending your family, you're defending freedom, it's a lot easier t- if you had to kill to do it. To but, be deluded. To, yeah. yeah. But if, you, if you're going over there and you realize, why the hell are we here? Why am I shooting at these people? Then I think it, things could, could come off the rails very quickly for yeah. you. If you are an adrenaline junkie, likely, um, and you enjoy the, 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 you know, the aspect of whatever it is that they're doing over there, hurting people, blowing th- stuff up, if you enjoy that, then what you're going to tell yourself is that I'm doing this for all the right reasons. You wouldn't say, I'm harming people and blowing things up. You know, I'm harming innocent people and blowing yeah. up stuff that shouldn't be blown up. You'd say those are bad guys. Yeah, you those are bad they guys. They're doing bad things. And, uh, you know, and certainly there are bad guys involved, but... How many and where are they? When does the bad guy become the bad guy? I mean, if you're blowing up his house or truck or whatever, then, well, who's the bad guy? I mean, maybe, yeah, who is, knows? At what point does the good guy become the bad guy? And uh, when you are isolated from your family, when you're doing something you don't believe in, and, and maybe you had maybe your illusions of what you were doing are shattered when you get over there, and then you can't get out of it, then I could see how some people uh, might go that way. Yeah, oh, yeah. You see the one too many crumpled, destroyed bodies of children from, well, Americans. I mean, that's got to be tough. Yeah, even if you look at some of the old movies about Vietnam and World War II, especially Vietnam, because at least World War II, the men who went over there really believed they were they were fighting uh, communism or fascism and all that stuff. But in Vietnam, after a few years, that war went on, and, people, and the soldiers realized, what are we doing here? This is a bunch of baloney. And they were stuck there, getting shot at every day, getting bombed, and then bombing you know, other people. And it must have been hell for them. I can't even imagine that. It's an awful, uh, awful statistic that uh, that you've shared tonight. But it's that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want your kids to uh, not kill themselves uh, or lower their likelihood of uh, suicide, don't let them join the military. Okay? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Now, just a few bad apples that are causing the problems in the police departments around the country. That's what we're that's what we're told uh, when we we share stories from around the, the the United States and around the world about corruption in the police ranks. We're we're told by the defenders of the police, oh, it's just a few bad apples. Well, I I don't know if I agree with that. Not according to the police that we've talked to, not according to former cops who've called this show to tell us that they believe that the bad apples rise through the ranks and that the you know the corruption is systemic and that it's really more like a few good apples than a few bad and ones. The, and the good apples are driven out uh, by the, the, yeah. the leadership. So here's an example for you of just some of the shenanigans that are going on uh, in police departments all across the country. It's just that only occasionally will they actually get caught at this stuff. The Associated Press reporting that four former member, uh, four former members of a disbanded Chicago police unit have admitted to taking part in a scheme which, in which they barged into homes and stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from people suspected of dealing drugs and others. Once after withholding insulin from a diabetic man until he told them where they could find cash. Three of the former officers, Bart Maca, Guadalupe Salinas, and Brian Pratcher, pleaded guilty to felony theft. And the fourth, Donovan Markovitz, pleaded guilty to official misconduct. All four entered their pleas on Friday in deals that called for each to be sentenced to six months in jail. Six months 
in jail for cops stealing hunt who have admitted to stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars. How did they get caught? Well, that's a good question. Uh, all four entered their pleas in deals that called for each to be sentenced to six months in various terms of probation in exchange for their cooperation in continuing state and federal investigations. The four stood quietly as the prosecutor read a 17-page synopsis of their crimes, right. pr- providing a glimpse into a rogue operation in which officers pulled over drivers without cause, grabbed their keys, stormed into their homes, pocketed huge amounts of money, falsified reports, and even extorted each other for money. And I'm, I, I dare, I double-dog dare somebody to call in and say that, oh, well, they didn't get treated any different because they uh, were the police. I mean, it's... Six months. Six months. Can you imagine somebody getting six months for multiple home invasions and a plea deal? It's absolutely sick. Yeah. Five other members of the once elite drug and gang unit. And, th- th- and that's exactly what these people are called because they know how they they, they know how to shake people down. You in order to to work the black uh, the black market, you have to be part of the black market. These elite organizations tend to be involved. They uh, were called the Special Operations Section. Five other members still face charges, including Jerome Finnegan, who's accused of plotting to hire someone to kill another member of the unit to keep him from talking to the government. Finnegan and the others have pleaded not guilty. That's the guy they're going after. Prosecutors said the four who pleaded guilty on Friday had resigned from the department and had been cooperating with the investigation for over a year. They said the plea bargain was agreed upon before the Cooks, uh, before the current Cook County State's Attorney took office. An assistant state's attorney who leads the Special Prosecutions Bureau wouldn't comment on the terms of the deal in which prosecutors dropped all of the other charges, including kidnapping and burglary. Blakely said the only uh, said only that the office was ethically bound to abide by the deal. Lawyers for the four left the court without commenting, and the defendants were not made available for comment. Uh, according to part of the synopsis concerning one of the uh, the men, which he told the judge was true, Finnegan became angry that officers had not found any cash in a house where they had found about 72 pounds of cocaine. Finnegan suggested to Salinas, who had already withheld the diabetic man insulin to obtain the information about the cocaine, that if he didn't find the money, Salinas deserved a violation, which defendant Salinas understood to mean that Salinas should get a physical beating for his inability to obtain the information Finnegan wanted regarding the location of the money. So these police, it's like a gang operation. Right. These oh, police yeah. were threatening each other over getting the maximum cash and the maximum drugs from these uh, these victims. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So they turned back to the man who needed his insulin, and we'll tell you what happened in moments. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free, even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you need to buy, they likely sell it. They've got dozens of categories in which you can shop. Plus, you can buy used and save yourself a few extra bucks at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Percentage of your sale when you enter through that link goes to Free Talk Live. So what we're telling you about here is yet another story. There are new ones every single week. This one we're getting a little more detailed than we normally do, though I do have the, the quickies, uh, some quick corrupt cop stories, which we'll share, for, uh, share with you if we have enough time. This one's a little more detailed from the Associated Press uh, out of Chicago, talking about four former members of a disbanded Chicago police unit that have admitted to taking part in a scheme in which uh, they stole hundreds of thousands of dollars, kidnapped people, withheld insulin from a guy in order to extract money and drugs from him. Right. Imagine for a second that you're involved in an organization that is essentially very difficult to uh, to police and to punish for you know whatever crime it might it commit much more difficult than say an, the average organization and that organization deals with money that's completely unaccounted for and uh you know items uh, units of measurement you know these the drugs basically that are in some cases almost as valuable as gold well are you going do you do you think that all these units do you even think a majority of these units are going to be organizations that are completely upstanding i yeah. mean think about it for yourself if you're the first cop on the scene and you're in a room you know you're next to a suitcase full of money are you going to leave all that money there Okay. Yeah, what's it matter if $100,000 gets logged in or $90,000 gets right. logged in? It's, it's it's a short road from, yeah, I'd take some of that money to several guys saying, yeah, I'd take some of that money to those guys getting together and saying, let's get some more money. I've got a lifestyle yeah. to keep up here. Exactly right. And uh, well, and one of these guys was certainly more in charge than the rest of them. His name was Finnegan. Uh, Jerome Finnegan, and he's accused of plotting to hire somebody to kill another member of the same police unit to keep him from uh, from snitching to the state. Indeed, this man's uh, name figures prominently in their synopsis that outlines various incidents from 2003 to 2005 as he's portrayed as a leader in a criminal enterprise and who on at, one, at least one occasion threatened another member of the unit. He told a Mr. Salinas that he deserved a violation because he didn't get enough information out of a diabetic man after he withheld insulin. They did get the, uh, enough information to find the house that had 72 pounds of cocaine in it, wow. but they didn't find any cash, and so he wanted him to go back and uh, continue interrogating this man. Indeed, Salinas said that after the officers wait, again... Wait, b- before we go on yeah. here, uh, this is one occasion where he said the guy deserved a violation? That's right. If you've got a code word for butt kicking, yes, then there are a lot of occasions. It's systemic. Selena said that after officers again withheld insulation, the man finally provided information. Insulation? Insulin? Excuse me, insulin. <laughs> you will not be wrapped in a carpet. The man finally provided information that led them to about thirty thousand dollars. The officers, Selena said, reported ten thousand and split the rest. It was one of a number of instances in which the officers... How many times has that got to happen in America, people? Countless. 
And if it's happening, what are we doing to our police? We? You're dis. Well, yes. If 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 you're not you know if you're not uh, you know speaking out against this kind of uh, this this kind of behavior. If you are when you say you you mean you people that, individually. The, you mean the victims of the the theft? Everyone. Every, you, I mean, if we have a system that incentivizes cops. For lying, cheating, and stealing, what are we doing to our police officers? You're taking young men, putting them into a system that's clearly been corrupted by mm -hmm. these drugs, and then expecting them to act right. Well, Your law enforcement officers, young men, act properly. You can't expect the victims to speak out about it because in many cases they'll let the victims go without charges just to just so they're not brought into the picture, so they can just report the money. And I that, can expect that. I can expect people that are hearing this story not to shut their ears and start humming. And to listen to what's happening here in America. Use your noggin. Think about it for a second. Do you really think that this is just isolated to Chicago? Admittedly, Chicago is not the most, doesn't have the most upright reputation. I know that. But if there's a lot of corruption in this police force, couldn't there be some in your town? Absolutely. What can you do about it? Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But you can speak out against it. it. You cannot ignore people that are talking about it. So they split the cash uh, that they stole from the insulin guy, the diabetic. Uh, it was one of a number of instances in which the officers reported finding far less money than they actually did and split the rest, according to the 17-page document. Sure. In at least one case in which officers found thousands of dollars, they never made an arrest or even filled out a police report. Instead, they took the money and didn't charge the man, whom they'd apparently stopped for no other reason than his driving a white Cadillac with dark-tinted windows. In another case, according to the document, officers pulled over a man simply because he was Hispanic and driving an expensive vehicle with out-of-state license plates. They questioned the man, and after the man gave them an address on the south side of the city, they conducted a search without a warrant. I wonder what questioning him was like. Yeah. Finnegan found two or three duffel bags containing brick packages wrapped in cellophane. According to the document, each cellophane package contained a large amount of United States currency. Two of the officers said they estimated they'd come upon about $450,000 in that case and that they each received more than 130000 of it. The document Where did all this money go? Boy, these guys must have lived a heck of a lifestyle. Boats, houses, diamonds, who knows? The documents identified vacations, uh, identified TV, TV screens. some of the defendants who still face charges, but it still suggests that other members of the department who are not referred by name were involved or knew what members of the unit were doing. Sure they did. Sure they did. But are you, gonna st are you going to be the one to, uh, you know, to, to snitch out, to blow the whistle on these guys? These people who will withhold insulin from a diabetic and who knows what else? Well, <laughs> I mean, are they maybe, in another case Maybe in they would, but that's the thing, is why would they not snitch? Because their level of corruption, although it may not be as high, is still existent. They know that they'd come... They'd, come the, they'd get brought the down, too. Absolutely. I say this happens at some level for just about every cop out there. I'm not saying every one of them, but I'd say most cops at some point or another have the opportunity. They're looking at a big suitcase full of cash, yeah. and they take some. In one incident detailed in court, Pratcher acknowledged, but it's more than just taking cash. It's it's threatening people. It's hurting people. How else are you going to get the next suitcase full of cash after you've taken the little bit yeah. from the first one, Ian? Pratcher acknowledged that, having, uh, that after having a dispute over money and transferring to another unit, a sergeant summoned him and said he was disappointed that Pratcher had taken the money but asked him for $3,000. The sergeant told the defendant that the money would buy the sergeant a trip to Vegas, according to the document, and then, according to the uh, story, the sergeant threatened Mr. Procher and his family if he told anyone about the money. 
Blakely said uh, that he wouldn't say, rather, whether other members or former members of the department might be charged. He also said the former officers who pleaded guilty would be housed in a county jail outside of Cook County for their protection. So there you have it. Because I'm sure the convicts uh, in, in some other county, like, like you know, bad cops so much more. Frank is in New York, and you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Frank. Hi, guys. Just listening uh, to the discussion, and I wanted to say that you you shouldn't be so naive as to think, you know, this only happens in one instance. If you Who look said back that? at the United States from the 1800s through the present, uh, the big cities of Boston, New York, Washington, D.C., uh, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, uh, the corruption is profound. And Absolutely. I mean, just think of the pop culture, the movie Serpico in the early 1970s yep. about New York City, all based upon truth. Mm-hmm. You know, this stuff goes on all the time. Sure it does. And the, often, if you want to have it, goes back to sort of the uh, uh, Caligula, one of his famous quotes, when he was the emperor of Rome. Uh, you know, when he was going after his opponents, he would always look for a dog who would be willing to eat another dog. So those that are in power, that want a police force to protect their privilege and their authority, will go for people that, that you know, are corrupt, that can be further corrupted in the service of their master. And that goes, that, that regards every country, every system in the world. Think of the uh, Red Guards in China now. There's some very interesting revisionist history coming out of China talking about Mao's, uh, you know, a cultural revolution uh, in the 1960s, mm. and you begin to look at that and uh, the story. So you know, I mean, even you know, the Red Chinese Army and the Red Chinese people, you know, were not as virtuous as the ideologues wish to portray them. Or look at at the corruption with the Cheka in, in uh, Russia under Stalin and absolutely, uh, Frank. I the, I don't think anybody ever suggested this was a one-off. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you. We're out of time. Uh, this is systemic. It is it's what happens in a situation where people have power over others. I think it's funny how people will sit there and imagine, oh, yeah, of course this happens in Mexico, happens in China, happens in some place where I don't have the highest opinion of the, the people of that area. However, when you start talking about the United States and Great Britain, they won't do that. Power corrupts. See you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Mark Interview Series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. This is another edition of the Edgington Post's Interview Series, and uh, today I've got with uh, with us, as a matter of fact, us, meaning uh, my, my co-host Wayne is sitting in for this interview. Wayne, say hi. Hello, <laughs> and uh, I, we're we're interviewing Grant Hall, the author author of Privacy Crisis. Uh, Grant, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So, I, I guess people want to know what is Privacy Crisis. Uh, Privacy Crisis is a, a book that was conceived uh, after many years of my experience of living a privacy lifestyle. As a matter of fact, I had um, a serious privacy invasion at one point in my life many years ago and found it necessary to research and make it my business to learn all I could learn uh, about privacy at that time. And during that period of time where my own um, assets and um, self uh, was 
in jeopardy, so to speak. I found many gaps in the literature at that time, and many authors at that time were quite vague and promoted many types of um, activities in order to gain privacy that were uh, both uh, illegal, according to my attorney, and also really not practical for the average person to implement. So through my own trial and error and many mistakes and a lot of research and consultations with uh, legal folks, as well as uh, other people in other disciplines, I put together a workable plan that is full and complete and a privacy uh, book for business and or personal privacy at the highest level or at a moderate level, whatever the reader uh, so desires. Now, I would imagine that um, sort of uh, trial and error in the area of privacy can be pretty costly. Um, if if somebody has a reason to want to live a private lifestyle, and I think I just I think it's just a, a good idea to be somewhat private anyway. And you know, uh, because people because in the world of the internet, people can look up anything about you that they want. Um, so, but I mean, I, I would imagine if you really have something to that you want to keep. Cr- keep private, that it, it can be very costly if you make a mistake. Well, you're absolutely right, uh, Mark. It could be costly if you had um, your identity stolen, uh, for example, uh, because with um, another person's identity, a, an identity thief can essentially have an open book to your business and private life. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, it can. In fact, the average uh, personal identity theft costs upwards of 3 thousand dollars and the average cost for a business identity theft costs upwards of ten thousand dollars and the money costs aside um, the problem really lies in fixing uh, what has been done and that is your damaged name this can take hundreds even thousands of hours to fix even um, even though you may not be able to recover your stolen identity uh, at all. So it is a quite costly experience. Yeah, I would imagine it, it is. What are some of the, what are some of the, 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 the tricks and the, I, I don't know, what, what, what do you even call them, the tactics that one that you uh, talk about in the book? Well, yes, I have um, uh, 28 chapters and uh, a number of different sections. And um, for, first and foremost, um, the... Uh, average individual will no doubt want to uh, start with some of the more basic privacy principles, yeah. and that is to um, relieve themselves of fear uh, that comes with having everybody know your home address, um, your name um, in various databases, and how to tie that to your home address. Um, your automobile can be a risk factor, uh, your business, your credit uh, files. The list is on and on, but uh, the beginner or the person who wants to begin the practice of living a privacy lifestyle can start with basically taking their mail and separating that from their home address, and their telephone number uh, can be uh, segregated from their home address so that the public uh, doesn't have an open door to your life. Um. I, yeah, I would think that that's a relatively easy thing to do is to get a mailbox elsewhere from your house. Um, did Are there any legal concerns as far as uh, – I know many states will want your home address for your driver's license, uh, voting, things like that. 
Well, I, I, I'm not aware of any uh, problems in either of those areas. Um, uh, many people have um, addresses uh, and use addresses that are away from um, their residence for uh, the two areas that you mentioned. Hmm. Um, just to be sure, I would uh, recommend uh, checking on that in your given state or area that you're trying to implement your privacy um, program in. And I recommend that in all areas that are in question as well, because jurisdiction uh, from jurisdiction will have some differences and some different laws. So do you generally, um, generally you would get a mailbox that's relatively close to your house just simply for the purpose of driving there and getting your mail, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, if I really wanted a high-level privacy, I would get it at a quite a distance away. I would get a, uh, an individual to um, take care of the mail, and I'd have it forwarded back to me wherever I chose to have it forwarded because I found that distance is a, uh, a real advantage for somebody that's uh, – uh, for even for somebody that's trying to steal your identity or somebody that's trying to uh, track you down to perhaps uh, – um, cause you harm or uh, put you under surveillance or whatever the case might be. Yeah. So um, if, if, uh, the I would imagine that there's uh, some other tricks that uh, you know people might want to implement. I don't want to give away the whole book or anything. I'm just uh, trying to give people a kind of a taste test. Right. Um, uh, sometimes front entities are very valuable uh, to um, serve as a. Uh, privacy shield for a business or a personal um, uh, means. And uh, a trust can own uh, or, or hold title to a car or a um, home, and business entities can be registered privately uh, with nobody uh, knowing who is behind the entity. And there's certain states that have uh, better advantages for privacy than that. Um, cars can be titled in a separate entity where uh, those lights that you go through uh, that have cameras on them, uh, and by the way, this has been tested, uh, can't identify the driver, driver of the car. Uh, nobody, in fact, can identify the driver of the car when it's done, as I've uh, um, outlined in the book. I don't recommend that anybody uh, do anything except pay their fines or uh, uh, tell uh, policemen and officials who they are when asked, but uh, I do recommend that people, um, if they want privacy, follow the recommendations that have been so, so successful for me for many years. Well, uh, I think that there's... And they're all, all outlined in the book in every aspect of uh, a life or a business uh, uh, privacy that you could imagine. Yeah, I've, I, I, mean, I think that there's legitimate reasons for people not wanting to have their name come up when some cop enters their uh, their information, you know, their their license plate number or something like that. I mean, for instance, I've got a felony conviction. The last thing I want some cop to know if they're th- punching numbers in is that I'm a felon, because that would just give them more reason to pull me over. I I think we need to find out what's in that guy's car. They don't need to know that information. That's a very good point, um, and thank you for sharing that and bringing it up because uh, your point is well taken, and I think it puts somebody with uh, um, some kind of a conviction, like you just mentioned, at an extreme disadvantage, and the individual that's um, uh, behind the badge might have a built-in bias to uh, basically abuse that person if he so chose to, but uh, your point is is well taken, and that's yet another reason to have uh, um, another entity uh, entirely 
uh, be the owner or the registered owner of the car while the driver remains uh, a secret. Now, I know that you, I'm sure that in the book, um, as a matter of fact, I've read uh, portions of the book, so I do know that you, you outline this stuff in detail. You don't just suggest, have another entity own your car. Um, you, <laughs> you direct people on how to do these things step by step. Um, However, I'm just, uh, I, you know, I'm just thinking of some of the, trying to think of some of the advantages here, and I'm, you know, I'm imagining that if for some reason, you know, the, the court system's convoluted and generally swayed towards the person with the most money. So if some reason you get some kind of lien against you, then your property is still safe if it's in some other entity's uh, ownership. Is that correct? In the case of a car, I recommend using a trust for a lot of reasons, but it's only for privacy reasons. It's very easy to insure uh, if it's held by a trust, but it does not relieve the individual of uh, any potential liability. So you still need to be responsible and carry your own insurance. That's not the same as uh, business entities um, that I also outline in the book. Is There are certain business entities that can, in fact, relieve um, one of responsibility um, if they're uh, not the business, but it, but if if they're working for the business and managing the business, then the uh, business itself can take the hit. But that's not the case for driving. Uh, in fact, I don't know of any way that one can effectively do that if they're a driver of a car. Oh, I just mean but, uh, if I just mean if somebody gets a leaning uh, lean against them for any reason at all, um, then you know they they get some kind of judgment against them, then. You know they'll they'll try to come take their house, their car, everything in order to uh, make up for this judgment. It's difficult for the average the person of average means to defend themselves in a courtroom situation against some entity that has significantly more money than them. Is just all that I'm seeing here. Oh, absolutely, you're exactly right, and um, so so that is a huge disadvantage when you're facing someone with unlimited resources to um, to sue you. Absolutely. So um, if people, you know, I'm sure that we've got some people that are interested in the ideas of uh, privacy and, and some of the things you've touched on here. Um, anything else you want to say to them before we give them contact information on how to find the book? Well, it seems to be a huge demand for um, privacy uh, business as well as uh, personal privacy due to the rise in identity theft as well as uh, uh, just a, generally a uh, lawsuit-happy society. So I would recommend, because identity theft, uh, one identity theft occurs every few seconds, um, and it's quite costly, as I outlined earlier, to fix, that uh, people consider um, what is best for them. And I know there's a lot of identity theft insurance companies that promote their their policies today, but just imagine how private is your data going going to be when thousands upon thousands of part-time employees may have access to your most private data information. That's why I recommend people do it themselves and learn to adopt a privacy lifestyle is because then they have full control and they cannot become a victim of somebody who they don't suspect in the first place um, who may have their uh, privacy and confidential um, information. I have, a, I have a question for you. <clears throat> There's been a big move over the last uh, decade or two to centralize everyone's data at the at government level and even at a corporate level. Now, what uh, do you specify to have someone compartmentalize their data so that they can avoid a lot of that? Well, there's many things one can do. You can freeze your credit bureau files where 
no one except your creditors are going to have uh, access to that. That means the people that you currently uh, do business with as creditor and uh, um, in that relationship. So uh, at least in theory, and this is proven effective as far as I know, unless your password, uh, which acts as a key, is given to somebody, they cannot get into your credit bureau files. That can help a lot. And then doing some of the things like we talked about earlier in the interview, like uh, putting together a uh, transportation system that doesn't identify you as a driver, hiding your home address um, entirely, uh, making your communication system um, be uh, non-public. These are some of the things that compartmentalize yourself and your business uh, from the outside world. Very good. So, uh, Grant, tell people how they can uh, find Privacy Crisis. Well, we sell the ebook Privacy Crisis at the website privacycrisis.com, so people can download that uh, immediately and be reading it in just five minutes from now uh, from that website. That's what I did, and it was pretty easy. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, uh, currently, we sell the ebook, and um, one of the Advantages is because people have immediate gratification and be reading it so quickly from the time that uh, that they buy it, and they don't have to worry about shipping costs or delays or that sort of thing. Yeah, the ebooks are they're, it's changing the way how people read. That's for sure. And of course, you can print out a copy for your personal use if you choose to do that as well. Cool. I've got it up in my browser. <laughs> you got it already there. Yes. Very good. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Grant. Oh, I appreciate you having me, and good luck to both of you. Thank Thank you. That's Grant Hall from privacycrisis.com.